yeah, I was 11 years old. I um, I was in year six, and my mother passed away from breast cancer. Yeah. So she was originally um, misdiagnosed, and then when she went back to the doctors, it was a sort of too late. So mm. she didn't have much long, uh, much longer left to live. Blake Laurie scores the first try of his NRL career. You're really motivated because you got so much to prove and so many people to. I guess shut up in a way. That's like the mindset going forward. Got down on the knee and bored my eyes out like I haven't never before. Just got so emotional and happiness. For and sure. then asked her, will you marry me? And then she bored her eyes and it was just a special moment. A very special moment. That's something you'll never forget. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Driver. Of course, you can call me Brad. Blessed to be here with another incredible guest, but before I introduce him, we have a familiar face from the podcast, now featuring in two episodes, but here for his first as a co-host, ladies and gentlemen, it is the NRL's best centre of 2023, I'm calling it early, um, definitely not the most handsome man in the room, but not a bad, not a bad fucking face to have on the pod, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, give a warm welcome to the one, the only, Mr. Zach Lomax. Thank you, old boy, thank you very much for having me on. Mate, it's a, it's a blessing once again. And our guest, one of the biggest hard men in the NRL. Um, bit of a good soul, bit of a good soul, an old soul, I would say. Um, a real gentleman, um, a handsome fellow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your favourite front rower, the one, the only, Mr. Blake Blockalori. How are you, brother? Very well, thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on today. Mate, such a pleasure. Um, it's so nice to be here with both you boys. You're both very good mates, which I'm sure any of the Dragons followers, fans... Um, any NRL fans would know you boys are a consistent feature around Wollongong area. Probably a few too many coffees, if I can say so myself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had to restrict my coffee intake to an almond piccolo because an extra shot flat white was just a, three or four of them a day just adds up to too many. Yeah. Um, but it's still better than what Zach drinks with a little oat cappuccino with two sugars or a shot of yeah. honey. These days, I thought it was an orange mocha frappuccino, but oh, he must order that only when he's with me. Mochaccino. Haven't you seen Zoolander? <laughs> it's not mocha. Haven't you seen? No, haven't you seen Zoolander? <laughs> orange no. mocha frappuccinos. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. This is true. This is true. Wait, it's such a pleasure to be here. Mate, we're here not for Zach today, not for me, but for you. Um, we're here to support your story, to share it, to get to the crux of it, and I guess to give the fans and the people, the listeners, the viewers of the podcast bit more of an insight into your life and mate, you've had a, a unique experience and I've had the pleasure of sitting down for a coffee and and hearing your story and now we have the pleasure of doing that on the pod so I want to say thank you and I guess my first question which is usually a consistent theme of the pod um, is to basically go to childhood because I think that's where the context of your life is created um, a big part of your early years of what make you the man you are today so give us an idea of where I guess where the love for rugby league was was first found and, and grown and what childhood for Blake Laurie looked like. Yeah, well, thanks for those kind words, Brad. Um, yeah, so childhood was a bit different to to some and the same to some as well, I guess. Um, everyone's got a unique upbringing. Um, everyone's story is a bit different. But, um, yeah, so I was uh, first fell in love with football, geez, as long as I can remember. I remember I played soccer when I was about six years old and um, all my uncles played footy. My dad loved footy. My pop loved footy. Um, so I guess it's come from, I sort of had no choice, I guess, to, yeah. um, to love and play rugby league. So I played soccer my first year. I think I was about six years old. And then um, 
Then I'm, and I'm so and I didn't like the the round ball thing. I was a goalkeeper. I don't know why they put. I was gonna say I can't see you playing anything <laughs> no, other than keeper. Right? Well, the thing is, I was a I was a really good <laughs> kicker seen, of the ball, so I was a striker. Skill. If you've seen the skill that he's produced at training sometimes, you would, you'd seriously be questioning. You'd, you'd be shocked at yeah. how talented I yeah. am. And, and yeah. sometimes I just don't get the opportunity to do it in the game. <laughs> Straight up and down front row. That's it. At so best. Yeah. <laughs> As if, mate. I've got a little bit. I've beat you in a goal kicking comp, and you slow no, myself yes. and Dan Alvaro feed. Anyway, okay. believe it or not, I like it. Um, so yeah, so played soccer first, my first sort of sport. Uh, six years old, and then that was short lived my soccer career. So I could be like Ronaldo, could be earning millions, would be nice. But um, then went over to footy. Um, played uh, my junior football for the Dapdo Canaries, the Mighty Dapdo. Yep. I was um, raised in Dapdo, um, grew up in Dapdo. Um, played my junior footy. For obviously Dapdo Canaries as I just said before um, it was actually my first one of my first coaches Mick Taylor gave me the um, the nickname Blocker and it's okay. still stuck with me ever since um, so yeah then f- football was uh, playing juniors I was always a, a big kid as you can imagine um, always bigger than the rest of my size I was so um, yeah come through the grades my first sort of rep team was um, the under 11 South Coast I think it was in year 6 mm. um, that was a that was sort of a, a, a big year um, for myself obviously you really learn how you play footy at that age um, I guess when you first like, I remember the size of this McKillop team when we went down to Batemans Bay and first um, that was some big kids absolutely massive and I thought I was a big kid but you versed some different Different uh, blokes there, that's for sure. And then, um, then went to made a decision to go over to West um, West Suburbs, Red Scum, in yeah. uh, the age of thirteen. Um, that was more just to to more play for just one of the change, I guess, at that age. Um, you don't. It's probably harshly crit- criticised by my mates of back at that though. Obviously, obviously, still got a couple of mates from back there. They still criticise me for because they're rivals, hey. They, they were very big rivals, very big yeah. rivals. And I even remember always... my early early days playing footy because I was young when I finished up. And like there was always, a, and I didn't play for either team, but it was always known. Both those teams hated each other. Yeah, they did definitely. And we used to always come up against them in the semi-finals. So you don't start playing semi-finals till the age of under tens. Yeah. So tens, elevens, twelves, we always come up against West or Thoreau in the semi-finals, and they had um, they had some really good players in, in both teams, and and we never got through to the grand final. So it was always either West and Thoreau or. Block was the guy that, that went from team to team and he always went to the team that was the strongest. <laughs> Who's it about? Is it about me or is it about Zach? Yeah, is he just he, trying he to try and push it on me or is he trying to play for me? He went to the team, he played for about four, five, maybe six I'll get to that local, and, local and, and let the people know yeah, how so. many I play for. I'll be, I'll be honest and truthful. <laughs> and now you're talking about. Yeah, you go, mate. You go. Yeah, see, so mate, zip it and zip it. One day. So, yeah, so then I went to West for 13s, 14s, 15s. I had some really good coaches there, learned a lot of footy. I think that was some really important years of my life um, with the coaches and the and the quality players I played with as well um, we won the under 13s grand final undefeated um, mm. we versed Albion Park a couple of my really good mates at Albion Park still today uh, we beat them when it was a pouring down pouring down rain I was um, I remember that day very clearly uh, under 14s we had some like I said another really good really good team and we won that grand final again there uh, 14s was when I first went into the Harold Matt system. I first got picked up by my manager, Dave Riolo. He's still my manager today. And I think a couple of months later, I saw my first contract for the Dragons at 14. Yeah, wow. Um, and then, and then went so, oh, geez, I can't remember back then. I think I just paid for school fees. I can't remember back then. That's a long time ago. Too many head knocks since then. Um, I don't know. 
You want to see? Yeah, so kicking me out. So oh, me, I'm, sta- I'm starting to think we just narrow that camera zoom and. Hundred percent. I'm more than happy push to push him off the side. So um, yeah. So the fourteens was like when I first got like um picked up. So my manager, so my manager today, as I said before, Davriol, and I got so my first contract. I think it was a two or three year deal. It wasn't like any any cash or anything. They only paid for school fees. I think school fees like three hundred thirty bucks for the year or the quarter yeah. or something like that. Because I was at Ilra Sports site at the time, and it's a big like school for the for the sports program, rugby league sure. program. Sorry, um, can I ask on that before you proceed? That feeling of being signed at fourteen does that give you does that give you the glimmer of hope? Is that the confidence boost to go? Hey, I'm on the right track here. A career as a professional footballer is possible. You could say that. I think I was one of the first in my age in a local area to have like a, a contract or a manager. Um, but I was, I've always been nervous and I've always like, I guess, second guessed my myself. Like I'm always, nah, I'm not, I'm not like the arrogant type. Well, he, he might say differently. I might be arrogant between us two, but I'm not really arrogant type and saying, no, nah, I think I'm, I'm destined for, for greatness, I should say, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not like that type. But I was one of the, I was more nervous. I still remember it clear as day. He, um, my manager came over, or the, he was one of the sign me. I just had to sit down in the meeting with my with my dad and myself, and it was like, well, I was so nervous. I remember, like as a fourteen year old kid, as you can imagine, it was like, oh, someone wants to come sign me, be my manager. But that's obviously the path that everyone takes For at sure. a young age to get to where they are. But then again, if you don't have a manager, it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I, don't, I don't think that's true at all. So yeah, so like I said, fourteen, then went into the Harold Matts. My coaches were Adam Bazina and um, Michael Stone. Um, and Harold Matz, I was, I was age up, played for some quality players, played for like Justin Hastings, still plays around now, um, and all that. And that was a that was a tough preseason. Like you never you never really know football. Like you play your local and all that stuff. You mm. go up to Sydney, you play a couple of Sydney schools like the Endeavour and all that stuff. As I was in Fitzroy Sports, Sports High, but yeah, I remember that year. That was um, that was a tough year. That was, I still think that was one of the hardest years of football I've ever played. It was um, age up. Harold Matt's in the front row. I think some of the Penrith teams you verse, the Parramatta's just like as a little fat white kid <laughs> playing against some big boys, I'll tell you that. It was one of the I sort of reckon that was one of the hardest years I I played. And then the following year I made Harold Matt's again. Um uh, was under sixteens and I actually captained that. Um I think I was I think Bez was my coach again then. Um and then following following year we didn't have much success that in my Harold match year, so I got some really close mates. Uh, I had like Ruben Garrick and Jay Field mm. playing. Jay Field obviously over in England at the moment. Had so as a really good uh, rugby union player, Reece Short. He's over in France now playing. Um, he could have, I still believe he could have um, gave him a real good crack. Uh, Ryan King as well. He was a yep. he was local local junior. I played with him at, at West um, before he went he went to Roosters. Uh, shortly followed after that. He's and over in the UK now too, isn't he? Uh, I think White so. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure. I haven't really yeah. spoken to him too often lately, but um, yeah. So and then uh, following year, went into the SG Ball, uh, 18s, and I think Billy Millard and Sean Timmons was were our coach. Uh, really enjoyed that year. Uh, Billy's a really good coach, and, uh, and Sean Timmons is a great, great bloke to have around the uh, the group. Um, obviously, former great, former Origin winner, um, Steeler great, St George or a Dragon great um i think that was really important but yeah i did learn a lot of uh billy millard that year that was a that was a really tough year as well um i remember it clear as day we were actually going we started the year on fire and uh we, we one of our best players and 
yeah, probably our best player. I think he did get player of the year. Still, um, he only played six games, and it's only a nine-game compound. Nathan Liatinanga done his MCL, done his knee, and we lost him, and we just we pretty much fell off a cliff. I think we won our first four, and he didn't play another game. I think we lost five in a row, and I actually had me like I had broken broken bones before that, but in that last game of SG Ball, we needed to win to make finals. I actually had my first really serious injury. I'd done my syndesmosis and stress fracture in my navicular at the same time. Okay. Um, that was a tough year because I, I was in a moon bit for six months. Um, couldn't play GIO Cup, so year 12 footy. That's what everyone stays at school for sort of thing. If you want to play footy, GIO Cup was like the pinnacle. Um, like years before, we had like Mez, Sammy Clune, all that stuff go. Grew up Yui Aiken, all that Jack, Jack Bird, like a lot of boys at Illawarra Sports High play. Um, play in the Giro Cup and go on and make semi-finals and that stuff and I couldn't really be a part of it so that was a really tough year um, just after because I was planning to go back and, and play for Schreiber at the time and never really got to um, Does that make you start to doubt like an injury like that at a pinnacle moment in your early career does that make you doubt whether you'll get the opportunity to really show up and, and secure an NRL contract? Yeah definitely because obviously Everyone your age or people around the playing like playing making state sides, whether it be CHS, uh, they did state of origin eight sixteens and eighteens. Hmm. Um, and obviously Duo Cup, like the following year, that's when like a lot of the and even like people my age or in my team were making rep sides and I was getting a bit frustrated in a way because like I didn't get the opportunity to um, try and make those sides. So that was a tough year. And then I remember my first game back I went and played rugby union sevens. I don't know why I'd done it. Don't, still to this day it frustrates me but I actually tried to do this big hit on someone in my hyperextend of my elbow and it was my first game back and I was like oh my god like I knew my elbow was no good anyway got scans the, the week later and the surgeon when I had to go see a surgeon and he goes yeah we're going to have to operate on it and you have to spend three months on the sideline I was like oh not happening so I strapped yeah. it up for like 18 months and just copped it because I obviously just spent six months on the sideline for sure and I'm just like, I'm not I'm not spending more time on the sideline. I just can't do it because I just want to play footy because obviously I love footy. I just want to play. And I was coming into my 18, so we'd going into 20s the year after. I think I'm, no, then I was doing part-time with then or pre-season at that time. So I was doing two two days a week. Okay. So I just didn't I just didn't want to go and spend some more time off the sideline because I wanted to see, I wanted, I wanted it there and then, you know what I mean? But now looking back at it, it's probably probably like i can't straighten my elbow now like all the way it still restricts me by can i challenge you on that though because i think looking back in hindsight you'd go maybe i should have had the surgery but do you think had you have spent the time on the sideline you would have found your way into the system or do you think you would have been swallowed up by the amount of guys who were trying to get in a little bit later no because you you know now you can see that now you deserve to be there yeah but when you're at that that age where everyone's trying to make it what do you think that year and a half would have done? Would it have pushed you to the side? Or do you think you still would have found your way through? I still think I would have found my, found my way through. My, my dedication to my hard work, I, I work, I'd probably learn maximum back up. I, I work pretty hard and I'm pretty competitive at sort of things. So I don't really like um, losing in, in, too many, um, in too many things. So if, you, if I had the opportunity to train, I would have proven proven myself and as I, as I did I was doing two days a week it was pretty actually tough that year because I was doing I think I was doing Tuesday Friday with grade and then Monday Thursday night we were getting flogged at 20s so it was like a three week period there where I was getting flogged on a Monday night getting flogged at a Tuesday day uh, extras on a Wednesday getting flogged on a Thursday night sometime in Sydney and getting flogged at a Friday at grade training and then Tuesday, uh, Saturday was extras again 
And it was like, that was a tough year because it was like, well, like, and then they, because they didn't realize, um, it was probably poor management, they didn't realize that I was, we were going back. There was a couple of things. It was Luce, Lua, Duffo, Hosty, and myself we were going back. And they didn't realize that we were getting touched up on our big days were Monday, Thursday. They thought our big days were Tuesday, Friday as well. So okay. some boys started breaking down. Like a, a couple of us come on the grade train, like, why are you so not got no energy? Because we're getting flogged like four days a week. Like, it's, yeah. we usually, even now, we're only doing two max three days a week. And then we we're doing four at, at 18 and training with like Russell Packer, Lisa and Armand and all that stuff. And then Jack mm. DeBell in his prime at the time, which was like, oh, wow, like, yeah, really know you're alive now. But following that, so that was that was a tough year. Uh, I think it was 17 time, 18. Started playing 20s under Hetty. Spent two years in 20s. Um, my following second year, after my second year in 20s, I sort of went into the grade full time. Um, this is 2016 preseason into 17. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I was 19 going 20. Um, first full preseason. Um, that was, that was a, you really know you're alive there. Um, For sure. Vaughn, just come from Canberra. We saw that Russ, saw that, uh, I think James Graham come that year? No. Yeah, James Graham come in 17. <coughs> no, he come no, the year after. No, after. sorry, we just signed Benny Hunt, I think. Russ was 16. Russ was 16, but he was, yeah, he was still he here. He finished in 16. Yeah, come on, he's mixed up. So yeah, that was, and so Lisa and I'm still here at the time. So Jolly Thompson, so that's some tough old heads in the middle. Um, that was, cause you, when did you come in, 16? Uh, 16, 17, no. No, 17, 18. What's 17? What did you debut? 18. 18. Yeah, you come in 17, 18. So okay. we call our like yeah. seasons 16. So, like now we're working towards, we already call them next year, next year, like it's 2022 okay. to 2023. Yep. So, Sloppy, when when would you say, um, sorry, Sloppy's a, that's, that's a nickname. A nickname that I've got a couple. Yeah. I've got Sloppy. I was, I was looking around the room thinking, couple. who are we calling Sloppy here? <laughs> yeah, <yeah. laughs> Um, I mean, you could probably compare yourself to Sloppy as well. Mate, just remember who the yeah. captain of the ship is here. Eh? I've, got, I've got the buttons in front of me, so be careful. But no, to, to, um, when do you think like was was a turning point or a moment that you thought, you know, I'm not I'm not far off here. You know, I'm training amongst these these boys, and um, obviously you go through. You're obviously a bigger body, and you're a fair bit bigger than the rest of your crew that you were training with. Um, all three of your juniors but where, was there was there a moment that you thought you know I'm not far off here grades on fire in the corner yeah probably probably the feedback I got from the assistant coaches and the head coach like Dino um, and Mary they're two really respected members of the game I think they kept feedback and I got I probably got the respect of the the older boys um, with my yeah. intensity of how I trained as well as you'd probably know yeah. first hand like I don't really I've only got one sort of Speed nets full of the gate, full of the gate, and uh, my talk. I'm pretty vocal, like in the intense in the intensity of the side of things, like mm. in certain drills. I really, so I guess I sort of earned a little bit of respect from the older fellows, quicker than, quicker than I expected. And but I was like, I was still nervous in a way, but like I knew, I'm like I was, I knew that this is my opportunity. Like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get dominated here. And no one goes in there just like I'm just gonna let, let because like experience some blokes have played 200 first grades in there. I'm not gonna let him. I'm going to fight for every inch sort of thing. For sure. Um, is it? Do you think, to double down on what Lowy just said there, do you think that respect for any young player is earned in training? 100%. I think it's the most important thing is you can get touted, you can get you can be told that you're going to play in a row or you can get this, but if you're a teammate, don't respect you. you got, hmm. I don't think you can, you're going to knock your teammate. As a, as a teammate, I wouldn't want to play with someone that you don't really respect you know what I mean or it's not going to have your back in a way or hasn't done the hard work 
Yeah. I think slop, I think obviously slop. He he prides himself on that, and um, he, he would he would definitely agree with me. But he tries to pride himself. Yeah, he's vocal amongst the playing group. Um, but since since he's come into grade, he's he's always almost like that that clumsy lad that that ends up like I've copped injuries off him before and I'm telling if you went to any of the boys in our team right someone's injured who was in the same tackle with him it's, it's block <laughs> every single time yeah okay and but I mean they're the guys that you want to play with and I and sure. I know I know the big fella won't, won't say that won't admit it but if if you went through and you had it and you asked everyone that he's played with everyone in the four pack that's played with him they're going to say love playing with him because mm. you just know that what well, everything that everything that he does he gives and and he and he does it at training as well but he's just he's is that guy that has earned respect through just hard work dedication wasn't given anything mm. and um you know le- leaves it out there too but but doesn't leave a stone unturned every week at training. Obviously, he's got the cucumbers on at the moment. He's off. He's been off his feet for a little bit. But Whoa, sorry. You pulled out of a wrestle session because you're a sore sternum. I'm now so back. <laughs> pulled tackles. out of a I session. I the tackles. <laughs> I no, the tries. I guess just backing up, Zach, there, like, obviously, thanks for your, your kind words there, long nose. But um, <laughs> long nose. <laughs> he's got extra, extra long nose, sorry. Um, oh, cough. Um, yeah, like, I'm not, a, I'm not the type of player that can bust the line like I know my limits like I'm not a I'm not the fastest player I'm not the most skillful player but I work hard at my craft and my intensity is probably my intensity and my um just my my dedication to put my body in the line for my teammates is what what got to sort of has got me to where I am and I guess it's what makes um the teammates I can't really I don't know I haven't asked me if they like playing with me but I guess like I feel as if I, they do respect me in that way and like they really enjoy playing with me so that's what? just what I am because I know I'm not like like I said before I'm not, I'm not going to throw 15 offloads I'm not going to break a line I'm not going to score 15 tries a year you know what I mean I'm going to score one in 100 plus games so it's not, not sure. <laughs> the do, biggest you see, do you see tries? he definitely said I did, I did see that try yeah I actually yeah. seen you the day after remember yeah, you were at Liam having Bingo. a brew Bingo. Um, do, you I, run, do you want to run the no uh, I don't run the back go on next I have to ask because for me it's for me it's obvious that to get the praise you just got there off Zachy to get the praise that he knows you'd get off the boys for being that kind of man, for being the guy that you want to be in the trenches with. I don't think you just, I don't just think you become that player. Like it's, it's life that makes you that kind of man. And I know when I listen to athlete stories or when I hear people speak who are, who possess those qualities and those characteristics in their lives, it's, it's part of who you are. It's part of who you are at the core. So what do you think makes you that kind of man? Yeah, well, as in your story, Brad, you've got a fair, um, fair upbringing as well. But I, I had a, like I said before, I had a, this probably I told my um, football story before my rugby league side of things. But everyone's had a different, different upbringing, different bit of adversity, and um, so at the age of eleven, like I said before, the yeah, I was eleven years old. I um, I was in year six, and my mother passed away from breast cancer. Yeah. So she was originally um, misdiagnosed. And then when she went back to the doctors, it was a sort of too late. So mm. she had much long, uh, much longer left to live. So yeah, that was a that was a tough year. And like I remember, I had I think I had two or three weeks off school, and all my family was staying at Nana Pops, 
Um, my dad was obviously distraught. He just lost his, his partner and obviously mm. the partner to his four kids, um, myself and my three other siblings. Um, it's obviously very tough. And um, so we were raised by, myself and my siblings raised by Nan and Pop. And I guess Pop's a hard head. Um, and Nan was really like stuck in old ways for a long period there. And I said, like, Nan, it doesn't work like that. And Nan, like you obviously go through teething issues when I hit 14, 15, 16, you argue. Um, but yeah, that was really tough. So I, I remember spending two or three weeks off school and I didn't want to go back. I, I didn't want to go back. Um, Cause I just didn't want people to treat me differently or look at me differently. Cause you say they don't, but they definitely do, as as you probably know yeah, firsthand, sure. and obviously you know as well as that. Like once people they, they look, they try and actually oh, okay, you okay, which is all with all respect. Like they, I understand that like they always, but it just gets a little bit too much at times. Yeah, especially when you go for like when you are doing okay. I guess you you get frustrated. Um, that it's brought with, to the surface. That it's always again. brought to the surface again. Always brought to the surface again. I never really. I would. I'm, we. I went and seen like a counselor for it and all that stuff. Um, when I spoke about it, but you never really. You never really. You can never really get over it and like it, like accept it. No, like what you've always got the why. Like just why. Like why does it need to happen to myself? Like in my in my family. Like why? Like poor Nan and Pop. Like have to bury one of their their daughter, their only daughter. Mm. Um, my dad have to go through what he did. My my youngest. Like the thing that hurts me the most personally on, on that on this subject is. So I was 11 at the time. My brother just turned seven. My other sister just turned five. And my younger sister was two years old. So she was still in nappies. So she grows mm. up without that. Like obviously Nan's done an awesome job with my younger sister, but she grows up without knowing a mother. Like at two years yeah. old. I can't, I don't know about you, but I can't remember back when I was four, five, six, even seven years old, really like glimpses. But imagine what she's like. She's just turned 17 now. And, that's what hurts me the most personally like is the what and that's probably as my partner emily probably or my now fiance emily always respects about me she always tells me it's like how much you care for your siblings and your family and it's like yeah well i feel like i had to you know what i mean you grow up as like the like dad's away working and all that stuff and they're like and what we've been through like we've built a different kind of bond like everyone's siblings got a different bonds and all that stuff so that's just like and mine's just different to other people's, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'd give sure. anything, I'd give my last. And Zach would be, Zach, Zach's really loyal to his family as well. Like he's very generous of his family and I'm not too sure how you are with your, I know you're very, very close with your parents. But yeah, I'd give my, any, absolutely anything for them. And um, yeah, that's just how it is. Like if they, if they needed somewhere to stay, like I'm in a position where I, I want to give them things, but then again, like they can't expect everything they've got to go out and work hard for it as well for at the sure. same time but so yeah following that i was um raised by nana pop <laughs> could not thank them enough for how i am today and where i am they are they are the pinnacle of me sort of thing they raised they yeah they didn't have to do what they did yeah yeah i could not um could not repay them anything anything at all like they would they were so 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 <sighs> helpful for me like I am where I am today because of them like with no word of a doubt no word of a doubt like yeah Pop Pop was a hard hard worker um, had to work a, an extra couple of years and more than one or two could have retired but had to look after myself and a couple of kids um, Nan's Nan Nan always made lunches for school um, gave yeah. me a little pocket money here and five bucks on the side don't tell Pop you know what I mean <laughs> sorry Pop it's coming out now 10 years ago but 
but you know what I, I used to save a lot of the five bucks on the side for pocket money for the day or for the lunches of the day probably why I was such a fat little kid to be honest thanks now <laughs> always had chalky milks and all that stuff but yeah like they're they're the reason where I am today because of them too like they grew up on a little farm in Dapto little six acres that's probably why I love the farm so much so I'm still banging the door down to to let Emily buy to let Emily um to Emily to let me buy a farm it's not really going down too well it's, I'm, I'm nearly there I'm about 60% there but I've got to be all in she's um she's accepted as long as it's like closer to the beach she reckons but I haven't got 10 million dollars sorry darling <laughs> <laughs> I have to say you know hearing that obviously incredibly sorry to hear but I know like you said you're not looking for sympathy um it's made you the man that you are and for me it's it's actually the reason I connected with Zaki so well and I think we become such good mates off the back of an interview is to answer maybe the question that you had before, I'm, I'm not just super tight with my family, but similar to what you said, I owe everything to my family. Like I wouldn't be here if it's not for my family today. Like my health was in their hands for a long time and I'm very lucky that to do what I do today, to be the man that I am, I owe everything to them. So I understand that and that's the thing that I picked up with Zaki, his love, his appreciation for his family. And when we sat down to have our first coffee together and the first time that we properly had a yarn, I could sense that too. And, you know, you told me the story that you just told there. And I think for me, that's a mark of a good man. And I think that's the mark of what's made you the man that you are as a footballer too. That that want, that desire to carry the weight of your mates on, on your shoulders when you need to. Um, the fact that you're willing to rip in because you know how much those relationships mean. Because you know the quality of um, you know, keeping good people around you and what it feels like to lose someone. And, Matt, I want to commend you because I think people either go one way or the other. Some rise to the occasion, others use it as an excuse to be a victim. And it's easier said than done to, to rise to the occasion because with grief comes pain, comes mm. real pain. And, and you've chosen not to suffer in the face of grief, but to take it and, and use it as something that drives you, use it as something that fuels you. And, um, mate, that's, it's commendable. No, thanks, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks for the kind words. No, mate, Appreciate you, de- you des- honestly, you deserve it. And I think it... It becomes a mark of the man that you are today and now that's a man playing in the NRL, a man, you know, making a living. Um, I have to say a man, as you said now, freshly engaged. Um, no, I'm not, you've been, what, nearly a month now. You're thinking about it as well already. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the... I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if anyone knows, but um, I mean, you only post about it every, every morning. Yeah. Have multiple we, times a day. We, yeah, multiple times a day. Yeah. I know you're, I know you're pretty active on your, on your Instagram, but... Have you given everyone the lowdown on the, on the new bride? Um, look, people know that love wins. Love's a beautiful <laughs> thing, <laughs> as, as you win. say. And um, yeah, there, there has actually, I don't know if you guys know this, so a little story for everyone listening who maybe listened to... Maybe it's about your day now, so let's Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, little short ball, your, your okay. turn. Little short ball to me. Straight, straight into the gap. Um, so three weeks ago, right, on the podcast, I had a guest Martin Heppel on. Now, if anyone at the time didn't know... And it's three weeks from when we released this. So um, it was really only a week ago that I had Martin on and recorded with him. And as we were recording, um, I was with the new bride, Soph. And um, Soph was watching live as I was recording with Martin on Zoom. Now, Soph hadn't met mum at the time. um, And we'd planned to meet mum two nights later for dinner. And so she said, I wouldn't mind coming to watch you do this pod, see it live. And to be fair, I don't blame her. I'm... I'm pretty good at what I do. Play on. You call yourself right. a captain for yeah. a reason. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> people, um, follow, people follow captains. You yeah, know, well, so this, is, this is right. So 
Um, we're sitting there in the middle of the pod and I'm filming at my mum's house at the day. She's at work and I thought I just wanted somewhere quiet to shoot. Family was home. I usually shoot from home or on location with someone, but being a Zoom pod, I thought I'll use mum's house while she's at work for the day. Now, Soph and I had been for a run in the morning. I'd cooked a romantic brekkie and she was just rocking around in my hoodie and her running tights and pair of shoes and she said, promise me I'm not meeting your mum dressed like this. And I said, well, firstly, you look beautiful. Nice. Secondly, mum's at work, right? So I said, don't stress. It's all good. It's just us. Mid-podcast, I'm sitting there and I hear the door handle turn. Oh, no. Now, little do I know, phone's on airplane mode. Mum's tried to call me 10 times. She's sick, needs to come home from work. I'm laughing on the inside because I'm like, they're about to meet for the first time and I'm in the middle of the podcast, so I'm not doing anything about it, right? Mum walks in. Mum locks eyes with me. I lock eyes with mum. I lock eyes with Soph. Soph lock eyes with mum. And it's like, there they are, meeting for the first time. Perfect. I roll straight back into conversation. Don't even say a word about it. They're behind the camera. They have a cuddle. They have a chat. They look like they're getting on great. And the guest, Martin, goes, I said something to him. I can't remember what, along the lines of what it was. But he said, <laughs> he goes, mate, there is nothing I love more than when all my favorite people are in one room. And God, it's a beautiful moment. And I said, well, it's funny you say that, Martin. Because I'm experiencing a beautiful moment in front of my eyes right now. <laughs> I said, told him the story. My partner's safe. Hasn't met mum yet. Mum's supposed to be at work. We're shooting at her house. Mum's just walked in the door. And then he goes, you are... He, this, yeah. His voice is like, he goes, you are kidding, mate. When you guys have got 15 kids one day, you will remember that when your missus met your mum, Martin Heffel was in the room. That's the best. <laughs> so, That's quite um, so, yeah, if, if everyone didn't hear that episode of the podcast, um, you may not know, but loved up. Um, bloody hell, it feels good. Feel a little bit lighter. Look a whole yeah. lot fresher. Mate, it's been a while. 26 years of, of searching for love and I finally found it, you know. When, you, when, you, um, when you talk about seeing good sights, can you tell me what are her honest opinion, what is her honest opinion on your shit red tights that you wear? Yeah, they're not, they're not ideal. Here we go, here we go. I knew this was coming. Do your listeners know about your shit red tights? This, this was paying about a dollar five. This was shorter than black caviar or winks back in the day would have been if you brought up on the podcast right. here today. Yeah. Let's, let's I'll say, let's I'll say, so, I'll say something, boys. If you, ever, you guys ever watch the Olympics? It's this little thing that happens yeah. every four years. Um, the best runners in the world come to the main stage and often they're wearing the Aero Swift tights. The Aero Swift tights. We're talking aerodynamic. We're talking, mate, when you've got a set of powerful glutes like I do, you may as well show them off. You know, they're not getting the love and attention they deserve in a pair of flary shorts. Um, I guess similar to what you guys would run around in the, the male sports bras that I see you guys train pre-season in. We have to wear them. Um, they're GPSs. Yeah, but you don't yeah. see ours. Yeah, ours are under our vest. Yeah. You don't see ours. Under your vest. Under our yeah, vest. Yeah, see, see, obviously early in the pre-season, you guys probably aren't as fine-tuned as I am at the moment rig-wise. You sh- lift so your up before, like in all honesty. I've got about 20 kilos on you and I'm... Looking a little bit better than you. Mate, myself. <laughs> Mate this is, this is fine-tuned for performance. And might I add, 50 kilometres coming up in two, three days, um, ultra marathon. So, if you boys want to join? 50k is a bit how you're going for, Laurie. Yeah. I might do 50, five. Um, I'll do five of you one day, not, not 50. Yeah. What did you do with him that time? Oh, uh, I don't know. We've done 21 before. It's tr- Half he, marathon. He's done 21 straight, has he with you? Half marathon, yeah. Well, that was, we just rocked up. 
That was. You just gave me it. You just shot. What was your time? Just like, yeah, we done it. It was actually just after we. Fil- actually, to be fair, we're coming up to our one year anniversary as uh, as mates. Jesus. Isn't yeah, that it's gone quick. No. It's gone quick. Go do it, Nazis, no, mate. <laughs> anyone who's listening to this would be what the hell is know, going on, going on 100%. Um, but yeah we're just after we'd shot our first episode together he who's, said to me who's actually pace so we, we do a pace but what do you because obviously we've been doing it we've been doing a fair bit of long running I mean when we say long running what, what's the longest we do say 2k you were done 2k, 2K yeah, the other week and 1500 yeah, here, here we so, go let, he, let's, hold let's on hold on he's on the phone to me yesterday bragging about his let's, 2k let's, pace yeah, right luck, all I can so, say is good luck beating him yeah let's, let's talk about but, it because no, I want to know you pride yourself with your shit red tights and your, and your shit runners whatever they are and your yeah. crop tops you, you pride yourself <laughs> he's been shirts off yeah. lately you pride yourself on being a good runner so yeah. what are we talking your pace is so we're, we're doing 1.5s 2k max mm. what are you saying your time is what, so, what are we saying have, knowing that you're 65 kilos ringing up as well <laughs> 65 is that all skinny fat I'm, you like? I'm 83 kilos I'm of fucking lean beef Lean beef, I am. What'd your skinnies be? My skinnies? Yeah. Oh, 13, 13%. Yeah, that's not bad. Low oh, weight, though. Nah. Yeah. Well, yeah, front, front roll's already less than you. Yeah, but, too, but, but to be fair, I'm just being modesty. I'm, I'm probably sub 10. Um, you know, I'm, to be honest, I don't really go by skinnies, but you'd see me on a front cover of some sort of magazine. That's how you'd compare it. Anyways, we'll, we'll move forward. You asked about pace. Yeah. Let me tell you about a little thing called sexy pace. Sexy, sexy pace, pace is the pace that you move at when, when things feel good, right? It's just long and slow. <laughs> you stride. Yeah. Slow. Long and slow. You just stride and you feel good. A little bit of sweat beating. You know, you're in the motion. You feel the flow. You can go for days. That's sexy pace. And sexy pace is essentially what I run at 75% of the time. Sexy pace for me. 520 to to 540 it's good moving you know you're just you're just cruising you're having a good time live podcast you ask the boys we're going for a three hour long run i'm talking for two hours 55 of it i'm asking maybe one question the rest of the time i'm talking so comfortable in conversation you're just flowing 50k is coming up on monday i think we'll cruise even slower to be honest probably just six minute pace just get going and you know not bad for not bad for a kid with cystic fibrosis you're a man or a kid what do you call yourself Mate, I'm, I'm still a young buck, okay, really. Fair enough. Future's the future's big. A long so time ahead of me. Twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six. You found the one. And I found the one. Essentially, spend the rest of our lives together. What's so. it all? What, talk, 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 what about your talk, love life? Know, talking yeah. about talking about influential uh, women in our life. Slot. Only freshly engaged. Yep. Yeah. The love of your life, M, who is um, a, poli- a policeman. Policeman no. or policewoman? Policewoman. Not bad. Not yeah, bad from this bloke co-host policeman. of the show, he reckons. Um, can you talk to us about the impact that she's had on, on your life um, as of yet? Yeah, definitely. Um, she's been huge, especially the last five plus years. Like she's been, um, when we've, like, well, we've been living together for the last three, four years. But um, when she first moved in, um, she goes, uh, we're gonna need a dining table. Didn't have a dining table, as you can imagine. <laughs> the old TV as, as a man. Hey, and I tell you what, didn't that, that, that could have that could have seriously caused a bit of an uproar with him them two <laughs> because money. I tell you what, <laughs> when we talk about money, I've got a tight ass here, and I tell you what, M, 
Mate, she's she's Captain Todd Us. Okay. But let me tell you, she's she spends her money well. Created a serious okay. uproar. She spends her money well. Okay. So tell me, how long ago did you guys meet? Uh, seven and a half years ago now. Where'd you meet? Uh, first met her at the Shalaba Square. I first seen her, and I was with a couple of mates, and I asked, "Who's that?" Sort of thing, and <laughs> went went from there. Done a so done an ad on Instagram, that. Facebook, and all that stuff, and versus history. Yeah. Who who sent the first message? Uh, I think it was Laurie. Yeah, okay. What are you saying? Uh, I can't remember. Seven years ago. Come on now. Yeah, mate, that's Seven bullshit. I reckon you can remember word for word what you said. You just don't want to air it here. No chance. She rem- she's got a good memory. She remembers where we went for our first date. Where'd you go for your first date? Uh, she reckons it's a coffee club in Shalaba. Not bad. Not, not much has changed. Let me tell you. I've yeah. been there for <laughs> He's still there. I've He's still there with the, with the same order. Yeah. It's the um, the buttermilk pancakes <laughs> with, a, with a side. What's your side with it? I'm not getting buttermilk pancakes. Yes, you are. I've never got better. That was Vaughny. I haven't got buttermilk pan- pancakes in my yeah, life. Yeah, come on, bro. No, so yeah, we've been, uh, like I said before, when she first moved in, she made a, we went shopping for a dining table, TV unit, uh, bigger bed, so she can get away from my snoring, so she reckons. But um, no, she's she's been really, really helpful for me. Like obviously, she supports me in everything I do and she's she's been my rock over the last however so many years. Um, and I really love one thing about her. She's so dedicated. When she puts her mind to something, she goes, bullet, like not a border gate, all in. She's all in about something. Yeah. So Does that motivate you? Definitely. And yeah. it makes me happy to see how driven she is because I'm very driven in my career as you as we sort of have to and like for sure and, and like my outside of football like I'm very driven about certain things um, where you really have to so she's she's been a great impact um, and she's a real family person she's got a lovely family the, her, her family's been um, awesome to me um, her parents and her sister um, so yeah her sister's actually my tutor at the moment believe it or not in my in my study Jess. study yeah study once a night Jess on tutor duties hey yep imagine slop it's, she's got a hard gig I'm telling because all I'm how much are you paying her you'd have to be paying her some pay her, room, don't pay her. She's, she, I tell you what she's getting some sort of government grant for that she's getting a government grant for that all I have and to he do he himself on being being educated let me tell you I try to be like everyone's got to try yeah. to be I'm better than you what are you studying at the moment nothing exactly <laughs> do you want me to answer what what are you studying then <laughs> no, nothing exactly so um but yeah her family's been awesome to me like obviously um, they invited me to have dinner when I was at home by myself. Dan and Pop moved down there at the time, so I'd, and uh, Dad moved out to Bagani, so I got invited over dinner every, not every night. <laughs> so yeah. it was perfect. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, I don't even know if you know, I think you would know this, Lowy. Like, I know Em's family. Our yeah, mums yeah. are really good mates and, like, all connected for years and years. So that's really the first time that I'd heard of you is through family talking about yeah. Em's partner or... You know, and they always just said, oh, there's this bloke, he's a bit of a burger and all that. And I've I never just thought, said that. Yeah. <laughs> that's no but no, but, that. but it is true, right? Yeah. When you find, and whether that's a partner, whether it's mates, whether it's people in your life, if you want to do what you boys do, which is perform at a higher level and play professional sport, you need good people around you because mm. the media isn't always trying to build you up. Um, the, the critics Definitely of the not. game and, and at times sometimes you know the fans are brutal too when things aren't going to plan God, they what? so <laughs> bloody oath you look at, look at a fan the wrong way and they go oh he's a yeah. such and such yeah <laughs> talk to me about how much footy you would talk at home because that's something that I'm curious about like I feel like you know in the in the year that I've known you Lowy we don't talk that much footy no. it might be a two second like how you feeling after the weekend you're good sweet training's great fantastic like yeah. let's talk about life yeah. do you feel like you go home and talk footy or 
do you like to keep the chat a little bit separate from and have a bit more balance at home? I used to be pretty bad. I used to knock, I used to come home and just like, I said a rough day, so we lost a bad game. I used to come home and take it out on, on Emily in a way and it comes to a point where she used to get really upset about it and I was like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be coming home and bringing this home to you. This is our relationship. I should be able to, like, people always say, try and leave work at work. Yeah. But because football is such a big part of your life, like, you've got to do it every day like even mm. when you're away from footy you're like yeah thinking oh yeah I need to do that or such and such but I'm better these days I'm definitely improved over, I feel as if I'm improved and I hope Emily could back me up here but over the last sort of two or three years I come home and express how I'm feeling about it so she come home we've actually been doing this pretty well lately come home and ask how a day and I let her go first obviously ladies first true gentleman as you said before yeah there you go. amazing but gentleman but, um, there gentleman right um Yep. Yeah, being a sorry mate. I didn't say <laughs> that. Thank God. That was, that was close to leaving me hanging. Jesus. Yeah, so um, obviously go through, you talk about your day, done this and that. And, so, oh, and she asked the other day, a bit frustrated. And I was a bit frustrated. I didn't, I didn't train well one, one day the other week. And I was a bit frustrated. And I was like, oh, no, nah, go back next day. Next day, train will be better. But she was she got worried because like I don't, I haven't really spoke about, I was just frustrated with my, my personal day at training. Just, just me personally, wasn't the bat team or anything. And she, I kept asking, you okay? Are you okay? It's like the thing, are you okay? Are you okay? Like I yeah. said before. And I was like, yes, darling, I'm sweet. Like it's, yeah. just had a, I just had a bad, she goes, why did you have a bad day? Like she's trying to find the bottom of it. I was like, no, there's no reason. I just dropped a couple of balls and, yeah. and whatnot today. It's just okay. Like it's, I'll be better. Like I just, and mm. I guess I've been a bit better like, like I said before being better definitely have been better over the last couple of years but I used to be real bad especially coming into first grade and I got myself so played six games my first year and then nine games my second year of first grade and I come in and out it's like oh I want to be playing first grade and then I should just no, just take it out on her sort of thing but I definitely improved like that and away from football we don't we Zach and I probably speak a little bit about footy when we go but for a coffee and stuff like that but not too much we've been we've obviously had to uh, manage it as our as our careers are going on because if you go footy 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 too much it just takes its toll and yeah it weighs you down but so we i, I got i do a couple of things like outside of footy like keep my mind busy like to go over go for coffees with other mates or go play golf i really like get my mind off footy and by playing golf and whatnot so yeah i've definitely like i said before multiple times now i've definitely got better over the last several years but early on i was i was pretty bad what about yourself zach uh, i i agree um like, cause it's it's easy. It's it's like the it's the emotional roller coaster. Like seriously, mm. um, one day or after one game, and it's and it's so easy to come back and just take it out on on your partner with, with your family. Like, cause you just yeah. want you just want to talk to them, and and it's easy to play play the blame game, and it's it's like, but you don't you as as Slop said, you want you want to try and leave it there and brush it like. I mean, but there's there's not sort of too many other other um, I guess jobs where you're continually judged um, week in week out session. So every session, you know, you're on show there. You want you want to make sure you have a good session because you know, and you know if you've had a good session, you've had a bad session. Of course, I mean, you go there and you drop a couple of balls. Like you're there the next video session, you go and you and it's it's up there to show in front of everyone. Or you have yeah. a bad game, you know, you go home, you lose. Obviously, you, you're spewing, you're lost. Then you turn up on the Monday, first thing review, boom, you look, you see up, Zach, he's letting the inside shoulder, he's knocked the ball and he's let a try in. He's, you know what I mean? So you know that you know that it's there, but it's it's just getting that balance right in regards to, you know, your family couldn't give a shit whether you whether you played well, played played the best ever. They 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 just want to see you happy. 
You know what I mean? And, and that's what that's what cool. I was, that's that's the only thing that, that I've that I've learned is, you know, after every game, I talk to my old man and my old man's you know it keeps it keeps it very simple. You know, he's like, good game, mate. You know, this is what you probably could have done, blah blah blah. But mum thinks I'm, I'm the best player on the field every week. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, man, your family always do. And my missus, oh jeez. My mum's watched football, watched me play since I was four, and she still barely knows what a four pass is. Yeah, you know okay. I mean? so she's just watching you. That's it's yeah. Like, it's funny. Like my here's a funny story for you. I can relate to that. When I started this podcast, my old boy would be down Dagwood on a Friday night, telling everyone that if you heard of Joe Rogan, yeah, my young bloke rips it in and shits on Joe Rogan. <laughs> Mate, listen to Rogan, listen to Brad. Brad shits on him. Yeah. And I'm like, mate, settle Thanks down. Thanks, old fella. Settle down. But, but that's, that's their role, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's that support. And that's why I think for people listening, for people watching, the people you surround you with, that circle, that immediate circle or that inner circle is so important. And you're going to have hard days. You're going to have tough days. And, yeah, you need people who are real with you, but you need people who are real, but then will lift you up. And I think that's the beauty of good mates, of good family. And, you know, you guys have that and you have that in each other too. Then I'm curious, before we go too far away from partners and people in our lives, um, mate, it looked like you put on a bit of a show for that engagement. I'd like a little bit of a run through a for the pot if we're good. And, and I'm actually <laughs> How long do you have? Yeah. No, I'm actually, How long I'm do you have? I'm actually impressed. It's a good, it's a good story. I mean... No, we... Yeah, well, obviously, you only want to do it once, so you only meant to do it once, so you want to make it very memorable. Of course. Um, so, but I, I had a lot of help from my sister. Um, obviously, I need, I, as a front rower, as a footballer, you definitely need a lot of help. <laughs> front rower? No, not no, you'd that's have not the same no with an outside back. Idea. Let me tell you. Yeah. You would have no idea. And trust me, you think you do, it's a lot harder than you think. I've trust me. I've, I've got been, one all planned out. Already? It's been three months. <laughs> I've got one to be out. fair, he had the Christmas tree up three months ago. That's very fair. Yeah, no, and a photo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. That's fair, fair enough. So, yeah, like, um, it was pretty romantic. Like, I had a little idea. I actually got the idea, we are talking probably halfway through the year, like, should do an Airbnb, like, out, out in the country somewhere. And it was like, I started looking, and I was like, geez, not many available when I want to do it. Because, like, we've only, with football, we've only got a sort of set period. And mm. in the off-season, I plan to go to America as well. And I, I looked at trying to, proposed in America and I was just like nah it's too hard to get over there I was like I'm not doing that but so yeah I hired out an Airbnb uh, on back of a, a farm property at um, Mossvale sort of thing um, she had no idea I, I had to ring sorted obviously at this time her sister took me up to multiple ring appointments and that was a long day just left home at 6.30 in the morning got home at like 8 o'clock at night I was pretty stressful trying to design the ring and all that stuff for, for something that she liked and all that stuff because you want to you're going to buy something, you're going to spend money on something, you're going to make sure she likes it. For um, sure. So, yeah. Actually, I think I went along to your first one. No, we didn't Yeah, that. No, no, no. Oh, I'd already looking, been... Looking for rings. Remember when we were down in Melbourne? Oh, but that was the first yeah. time. Yeah, that was the first... That was early in the year. Yeah, we went for a little Yeah, I do remember early. that, actually. I do remember that. And I mean, we went to this place, Cerrone, and it was like... <laughs> Tyrone. It's called Tyrone just now, actually. Tyrone? Yeah. Oh, I remember the first place you went to, like... We looked at this first one, it was like, it's sort of like, oh, geez, I don't mind that one, it looks all right. Come back, it was like 75k. It's not happening. Yeah, no wonder it looked nice. Not, <laughs> not happening. Not happening. <laughs> a bit of a tight ass, someone might call me, but. 
Um, 75 jiggers for, for Yeah, a not bad. You're not Floyd Money Mayweather, mate. I mean, like, I wouldn't mate. expect it. I'm not, my name's not Zach Lomax. Yeah, exactly. Must <laughs> <Nah>. be nice. <laughs> Must be nice. But yeah, so um, <laughs> Hot had a Airbnb. That was my sort of thing. And then she just she just done a one of her um, her courses at work. And then she, um, I just said, oh, let's go celebrate. Let's go. I've got this weekend organized. Let's go celebrate. And so I gave her a little step one, pack your bags. We're going on an adventure. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, what do you mean? What do you mean pack your bags? Like, what do I need to pack? I go, it says in here, maybe warm clothes, think hiking, think something. Like, think I just had a broad range. So I just throw it off a little bit. Um, so that was, uh, threw off me. And she was flustered. She's like, didn't know what to do. She said, help me pack. I go, no, toiletries, warm clothes, pajamas, and comfy clothes, and nice clothes. So I had it all set, like dot points there. It's like, that's all you need. Like, I've planned this out. And she had no idea that was going. So, and then um, hopped in the car and said, step two, buckle up, we're going on an adventure, sort of thing. Um, and then step three, had like a winery booked in and all that stuff. And then I had multiple more steps in step four. I said we're going on another adventure, more up my alley than yours, and I said because I said in the more like in the things that think hiking, so and more like out in a bit more of a country, yeah. sort of area, and then um, no, you're from whoop whoop, um, and then so step five had a had a blindfold and walked up this little hill, and her sister's already up there at this time, um, and had a like a little our song playing and and whatnot, had a blindfold walking up, and then. Got down on the knee and bored my eyes out like I have never before. Just got so emotional and happiness. For and sure. then asked her, Will you marry me? And then she bored her eyes and it was just a special moment. A very special moment. That's something you'll never forget. And unfortunately, if I had to pick a different day it'll be on, it's on someone extra long knows his birthday, but it is what it is. Um <laughs> yeah, but that was like No, it was it's sort of like the only weekend that we sort of had off together and so I was gonna do it before but because she was studying yeah. for so hard for this thing, she wouldn't her, she wouldn't be able to relax and you know what I think because it sure. was a pretty important um, exam that she had for work so yeah and then well that's that's very exciting it was a it was it was a great day it was a very memorable day it was a yeah and she um, she she actually she goes I'm actually like I could not have done any better of what you've done today and I was like oh that's the main thing I had had a little bit of help from her sister I said a lot of help before but I had a little bit of help and then not really much long nose but they always always ask me because I because obviously you speak to your close mates about something. Of course. When's it happen? When's it happen? And I go, it's happening soon. And I was like, and I, and I knew it, he always he always reminds you that his birthday's coming up. What do you get me for my birthday and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I was, you- hang on a second. Shit, it's on his birthday. Like yeah. a bloody filthy. I was like, but oh, it is what it is. To be but, hard, it would be hard to forget. The positive is it will be hard and almost impossible to forever forget your engagement day because yeah. he will remind you weeks ahead. Hundred percent. So, a bit of, bit of potential you know, unplanned strategy, you could even call it. Yeah, well, I never knew. I was like, oh, and then Emily goes, what? It's Zach's birthday? Oh, like she rolls her eyes back. <laughs> no, she doesn't. So, yeah, that was very special. And after that, we sort of got to go to America for a couple of weeks in the off-season. So, yeah. it was a pretty, um, pretty lovely off-season. Really enjoyed well, myself. I was trailing you on that yeah, trip. I, I was a couple of days behind, right on your tail. And not, um, not as many spots as you, but some similar places. Um, over the course of two weeks would you say that the trip to the u.s like as a reset for you before coming back into pre-season and just as a i think almost it's nice to get away i know one thing that i picked up and i spoke about it a little bit on a solo episode of the pod one thing that i found from the trip away was 
a little bit of time outside of your zone where you're not you, you spend a little less time on social you spend a little less time talking to different people and sort of feeling that busyness that little bit of solitude and silence you get outside of your usual space was great for my headspace just to like recap the year look at the year ahead and, and sort of figure out what I wanted how was the trip for you mentally and just to get you refocused and realigned yeah it was um really good but I was a bit worried about my weight at the same time like my weight got too high because I only come back and I had two weeks to get back and I had to get back at a certain weight I was like oh I started stressing out and so stressing out because obviously over in America they do everything do everything bit exercise and all, uh, exercise and um, extra large and all that stuff so I was a bit worried about the back of my mind but it was really good because like I think we were over there for we left on the 1st and got home on the 23rd of October so it was three weeks and I think by the 20th so I had NBA opening night in Golden State and versus Lakers the ring ceremony so that was wicked but um, after that no sorry we had Alcatraz the next day and after Alcatraz over in San Fran Emily really wanted to go and do that I was ready to come home but we still had two more nights I was like no nah, I just need to get home I was looking at flights like how much are they I was like eh can't really justify myself spending that much just for two extra nights but that was when I was ready to come back and get rid of in a train and get stuck in a train yeah. so it was a good reset because obviously had one of the best days of my life, got engaged and loved my of life. Um, and then obviously go to America, go to sporting events, something I've always wanted to do. Um, it's the, I'm sure everyone wants to, would want to go to America one day. Um, I got the opportunity to do that. And then come back and I knew, I was like, I was two weeks ago back to the train, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go back. I need to go back now, sort of thing. That was like a good reset mentally. But I guess it was really hard at the same time because we were in the media every bloody day for the for what not for different reasons and it was like oh, you try to eliminate from it and I was like yeah. Emily showed me something in like night three or four that we were there and I was just like oh my god and then after that after media after day after media after day I was just like this is ridiculous I'm supposed to be off season and we're in the headlines more than what we yeah we were and like especially our club it was, it was really frustrating at, at the same time but, but I managed to just like not just like pretty much get it off social media in a way or so you really couldn't see it but like I said before after after Alcatraz in San Fran I was ready to come back and get in the train sure. like, it was like no it's go time and especially after the last several years that we've had it got it motivates you in a way as well probably Zach can talk about this as well you're really motivated because you got so much to prove and so many people to I guess shut up in a way that's like the mindset going forward and just like of course but like yeah you can get frustrated I could talk about this all day but you know probably getting a bit more heated than what I should be here but it does frustrate you of what a lot of people do say about you uh, on social media and a lot of the journos and all that stuff so you just try and buy not buy, try not to buy into it too much how do, you, how do you do that because I know I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at it and I've been very lucky that I've, I've only really copped a lot of positivity, but my performance isn't on display every week. You know what I mean? People can listen to an episode of the pod. Um, there may be one or two things they may not like, but it's as a host of a podcast whose job is to help people assist and in, in assist in sharing their stories, mine and, and my performance is never really under the spotlight like it is for you guys as athletes. So when things aren't going to plan and when the conversation turns negative, what would be a coping mechanism for you to make sure that you're staying positive through that period of time? Yeah, I guess you just, you try and stay positive. You go, oh, no, it's not really, you just don't really try and buy into it too much in a way. Yeah. You don't want to give that energy because you're, 
your our our role our life our our job takes so much energy and so mm. much dedication to get to where we need to be so if you give that five percent of your energy or five percent of your your time you're losing five percent of where you can get better and that five percent could be two points in a game and two points on the ladder you know what i mean and For so sure. i think it's so important to, to not try and I've, I've like i said before i've got better at dealing with that sort of stuff over the last couple of years as well because it's like people's opinions don't matter but people's people aren't tied to their opinion especially of us and i guess zach touched on before like we're not just judged at training every day or every week we're judged when we go to the shopping center every especially like zach probably speak a bit more he's a bit more high profile than me a bit more recognizable but like i've i've had multiple people come to me and say geez zach Lemus is a, an absolute tosser and i was like he's actually not he's actually one of my best mates like you'd like and i'll match with this other person and it's like he's actually not like he's yeah it's just like he's perceived like he might not he might be getting peppers for for someone to get a photo or pump someone might be a little bit intoxicated might pepper you and like oh sorry mate see you mate like it's just like you don't want to have a conversation with someone that you don't really have to, sure. you don't know and they, they sort of they so that's not you just we're not just judged it on the footy field on the training paddock or whatnot we're judged every step of our sort of lives when we're in the spotlight because our whole lives are getting pretty much broadcasted to the to the world and the media and gets a hold of one little story and it runs I'll, with it and i'll say on that topic right like i've you guys would be maybe i think by the time zach had had you on the potty i'd probably had three or four other nrl players um and guys from the super league etc and i think I've been blessed that I spoke about this recently in an interview. The podcast has probably made more a man, more of a man out of me. And what I mean by that is it's given me empathy. I think mean, now 148, 150 episodes in, when you hear people's stories, you realize that people come from different places, different spaces, have lived different experiences. Everyone has a unique story. The fabric of who someone is is dictated by all of their experiences, which are not your own. And I remember probably in the in the first 20 years of my life, you know, even into my early 20s, thinking that people should react to every situation and circumstance in their life like I would. But I react because of my experience, they react because of theirs. And once you begin to to hear people's stories, that to have to sit, hear them out and listen, you start to respect that everyone's cut from a different cloth. Yeah. And, Absolutely. and you've got to have empathy. And so I think I was probably, and I can understand why some people are quicker to judge because they've not experienced anything else. And so that's something I always encourage people who listen to the show or view the show to do is um, have empathy first, ask questions, listen, don't always, you know, it's this thing in society, especially with Australian athletes, um, guilty before proven innocent, right? Mm. Not the other way around. And I think it's it's the same for the amount of people who ask me what Zach's actually like because they see us hanging out a bit. And I'm like, one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. Super selfless, loves his family. Um, the amount of times that people have actually brought up stuff that you've done for people, like positive things that I didn't know about because you don't go around gloating about it. Um, Depends who is, you are. Yeah, he does a little bit. Yeah. It's, um, you know what I mean? So I think that's, that's the thing. And that's for me, someone actually said to me the other day, they said, mate, I always wondered what Zach was like because I played a bit of footy against him growing up and he's pretty cocky on the footy field and, you know, he's he's pretty confident guy. And then they actually said, which is this is me pumping my own tyres up a little bit here, they said, fuck, if he's hanging around Driver, Driver only hangs around good people. <laughs> and so they said he must be not a bad bloke. 
And I said, yeah, he's a very good bloke. And it's the same for you, Block. It's, it's you know, why I wanted you on the show and why it's such a blessing to have you here. I oh. think, um, sorry to cut you off, bro. Yeah. I think with that, I think that's why Sloppy and I get along so well and we're, we're best mates is because, like, we know we know what really matters to us. And at the end of the day, you know, our family's a, 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 the, the focal point to us and, and we're best mates and we tell each other everything. But I think with in regards to the media... Like our club's like a, a real um, rich, rich club in regards rich to history. history. Um, mm. You know, there's been so much success at the club. So every time that there's something that goes on and someone looks the wrong way or something, or you know, we're not performing the way we we um, we would have liked to. And obviously, the last few years, yeah, we definitely haven't performed the way that we've wanted to. But that's why I, th- I feel we're in the media a, a lot of the time. But in regards to myself personally. I just look at it in regards to my family loves me at the end of the day mm. and I'm going to go home. My mum and dad are going to love me the exact same. I'm going to go back to my partner. That's my mates that that I love and I, I spend the most time with. They're going to love me the same. We, we go we go to training every day. Sop and I talk about it every single day that we both train hard, hard as fuck every day. We go there to become the best players that we can. But at the end of the day... We go there to become the best person that we can as well. And we hold each other accountable to it all the time. But uh, in regards to uh, people having their opinion, I feel the only people's opinion that you're going to really respect are your teammates, your mm. coach and staff, what they say about you, and at the end of the day, your, your family. But a For lot sure. of people, the people that, that do have an opinion are the media who get paid to have an opinion. And uh, the naysayers in regards to people that you got no idea about, they're gonna go back with the same personal problems the next morning, go work the same job that they hate, working every day. Mm. And at the end of the day, they're gonna have two minutes where they feel good about themselves saying, well, he can't do that, he can't, he can't do that, he shouldn't have done yeah. this, he should have done that. And then that's it. So you combine to it as much as you want, but at the end of the day, we get to do something we love. Yeah, if you do feed on it, you can become pretty miserable and you could you could feel real bad about yourself because yeah mate it does and and I, i've had a heap of shit put on me absolutely oh, shit, yeah. and you know in regards to my performance um in regards to stuff with the barbecue that that's happened and anything still gets brought up like yeah mate, and and mate at the end of the day you're playing again you're playing a game of footy like mate i still go down to i go down to my local supermarket and and people want to tell me about uh mate what the fuck's going on with, with the club? Like, mate, you can't get away from it. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, mate, it, it is what it is and it's going to be there. Every part of it, isn't day. it? It's mm. just, it, it's part of it. Mm. So you can give it as much it's attention. You can give it as much attention as you want. But at the end of the day, it is what it is and it's going to be there. Like, you, you can't get away from it. But I was saying this yesterday, right? I was having this conversation about notoriety whoever you are right it gets to a point where if you do something really well in life which is most of the time where fame comes from it's like fame is just a byproduct of doing something really well and hopefully it's something you love and hopefully it's something that impacts the world positively which you guys do every day you put smiles on people's faces fans of the game and you know give us entertainment something to watch and if you get that fame it lasts a little while and eventually once you slowly stop to do what you do or you become somewhat distanced from what gave you fame in the first place, you start to sort of sail off into the sunset and become a little bit unknown. 
And I think no matter how much you're in the spotlight in your, in your youth or in the prime of your career, eventually you're going to be that 80, 90-year-old who's sitting down over a coffee and everyone walks past you and has no fucking idea who you are. 100%. And I think that's probably when you get your peace. You know what I mean? Which is unfortunate. You have to wait that long. But eventually um, you'll be forgotten. And, you know, as long as you know deep down that what you're doing in the meantime is, is positive and you're trying to have a positive impact on people, that's how you put your head on the pillow at night, right? Regardless of what people are saying. Definitely. Definitely. You touched on something before about relationships and that's something... Because Zach always asks me, asks me several times to come on a podcast, like let's go on a podcast together. And I, that's when I actually, you reached out to me and I said, yeah, let's go to sit down for a coffee. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. Like, let's really get to know each other. I'm not going to, so we get to know each other, the relationship, and you're going to open up more. You're going to be more honest. Sure. And you're going to, you're going to respect each other a bit more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing when we sat down and had, had a coffee together. It's like, well, tell me a bit about yourself. And then I'll tell me, tell myself a bit about you. Yeah. You know? I mean, tell you a bit about myself, I should say. I think that's important. Relationships are important. That's for everyone. Like with, with their opinions out there, like you're welcome to sit and have a chat with us and we're not actually all that bad of a people. Like we're actually really genuine. If you need something, we'll actually do something for you as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of us are, 90% of us are generous generous people, very generous people with our time and I'll tell you what, like, and all that stuff. I, I think like, obviously you go, you go through your schooling and, um, you know, you complete all that, all your ATAR and, and you do that, but... Some do, not me. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, neither did I. I, 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 I <laughs> Next three of us. I, 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 I didn't as well, like, I mean, but <clears throat> you learn everything. Like, everything, um, like, football has taught me so much and, and I, I reckon a lot of a lot of football, it's told me how not to be mm. as a guy. I've, I've, I've learned... Or and, and you look at football players, like in regards to um, being on time. Like you, you wouldn't, you would never find a person. In Are you, you having a subtle dig at me here for being five minutes late? Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're never five on time. late. Were you? You're never yeah. on time. That's not acceptable. But yeah. especially with him, good to be careful. Yeah, I had to change out. Yeah, feel real bad. I had to it. change out of my tights because I knew that that wouldn't be accepted. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't be you can't be rock up in the middle of all the time in your tights and all. Um, Depends how you say it. Depends how you say it. Seven, seven thirty. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus, I've learnt, I've learnt so much just from a day to day life and and everything about since I've since I've come into grade. Like it, it, it shoots you in the middle of the face. Like it's like you 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 come into a an environment where there's egos everywhere, and I mean it. But at the end of the day, like these boys that you you go to train with would do anything for you. Like. Mm. It's and I feel as as everything. Um, it's 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 easy for to have a perception on a rugby league player, and I, and I know there's a stigma around rugby league players. Everyone everyone has their opinion on it, but I mean at the end of the day, mate, some, like ninety percent of my mate, my best mates, are like rugby league players. You get mm. and like they're the most loyal guys ever because your morals are very similar in regards to hard working. Mm. Um, dedication their family are all all the the front of them because of the dedication support that they need from your family so like everything's so um, I guess morally everyone's got the same thing so I think that's why everyone we gel so much obviously but we're in in the same environment all the time but in regards to being the same people I feel we're all the same 
you and you know what, what the be- the beautiful thing about that and what you said is whilst people will always have their own opinions the beauty of stuff like this like sitting and having long form conversation the beauty of social media for all of the challenges that come with it is it gives you guys the opportunity as good men amongst the game as good men in sport to uplift inspire to to show that side of yourselves and allow people's perceptions to so, to slowly change and and that's what you can hope right mm. is that you show up and consistently doing that changes the perception and and i think it's it's so nice that we're having these conversations on air for people to listen to because for the younger guys coming through who are going to be in your shoes one day whether that's in a year's time five years time ten years time who listen to and watch these conversations to to hear that that it's about doing good that it's about somewhat where you can serving others that it's about discipline hard work showing up for your mates and and supporting your family Um, it starts to change what drives people to be in that position and so I think positive conversation is the start of the change of perception for the fans and the way that they see the, the players they look up to. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. You said two things there. You said discipline and hard work. I think that's two key pillars um, if you want to succeed in anything, really. Of course. Um, if you have discipline and hard work, you're 50% there. You've got to enjoy, enjoy, your, um, enjoy your time as well. But I really like... One thing for me, if I'm having fun and I'm looking forward to something like I'm going to be really good at it and if I'm if I'm having fun and I'm going to enjoy it I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to work hard for it you know what I mean for so sure that's, I think they're really key pillars as you said before and you said several others but they're really they're two really key pillars that resonates with me I what, love it what would you say what has been the biggest like learning experience you've had from you know obviously you've had not not the not the easiest upbringing in regards to you know you've you've been through um, you know your ups and downs obviously with, with your mum passing away and obviously your nan and, nan and pop have been outstanding but in regards to that your footy career what would you say has been the biggest learning curve that, that you've that you've experienced or, or thing that you can take away good question on the spot Probably my mindset is always is what's next. Like, what's next? Like, it's the next job to the best of my ability. Like, okay, I've done that. Or what's next? Like, for example, you make an error or something on the footy field. I'm just talking about football terms here. Like, what's next? Defend the set. Outside of footy, study and finish, finish one course. Okay, what course do I want to do next? Yeah, um, I like that. That's, uh, that's one thing I'm... I'm always about like, hey, like you need an everyday routine. Like, hey, you get up. Okay, what am I gonna do today? What's next? Okay, done one task, done two tasks, done three tasks. What's next? That's one thing I really, I really. Um, you win a football game, who's next? Sort of thing. Like, it's always what's happening next. I like, got to look forward to something. You got to have a plan to going forward for something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm starting at the moment doing it. Like I said before, um, just as my tutor, I'm doing a building a certifying course. And like once I finish that, I'll definitely do another course. You know what I mean? I think it's important. Like I haven't, I do really like this course, but I haven't even found something that's love. And I've, obviously, football's not going to be forever. So I'm looking, what's next after football? You know, I, I like that concept. What's next? And I also like 
I think you could add to that what's next and when it's challenging won't be the last. Definitely not. Right, because like there's that saying, the top of one mountain is the bottom of another. I think that's life and I think people go through life and people go through life and if they've not been hit by adversity yet, you can be naive enough to think you're going to get through unscathed. Mm. No one does. Doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you do. Something in life is going to test you. There's another quote: "Pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice." You know, we're all going to experience pain if you love anyone or anything in life. Pain is inevitable. 100%. Um, suffering is a choice. So it's it's choosing to have that mindset of of constant evolution, which you're obviously about. That mindset of knowing that challenges are going to come. You know, develop resilience develop that attribute those grit attributes courage resilience to get through the challenges you face um and that's important in football but it's important in life most definitely so in i guess in the theme of throwing you on the spot with questions um there's a consistent theme of the podcast which is called five questions and five answers and five, five questions, questions and five, five answers. answers is a consistent theme that's been a part of the show for probably two months now um it forms as the beautiful conclusion to a fantastic episode um, it also serves as some people listening to or watching this might actually be catching it as a trailer for the app to come. So if you love Blake Laurie, if you love Zach Lomax and you're listening to the five Q&A version of the podcast, I'd suggest you pause it and just go straight to the full episode. Um, but for those of you who have been here for the long ride from the start, we'll dive into five questions and five answers. Um, and what I think, we actually didn't do this while you are on the show, Zach. This oh, is new to you. So um, I think we'll, we'll go to Blake first and we'll let you throw in an answer for every question too. Um, so the first of five questions is, if you could only recommend one book or a podcast to someone listening, what would it be? Um, Not bad. No, uh, David Goggins one. Um, can't hurt me can't hurt me yeah that was an answer yesterday there's a new book too yeah I know I can't wait for it it's already pre-ordered on Audible but love it I couldn't can I say another one or not really of course you can go for Uh, it Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink (sighs) how good's Jocko I love that love it that's like something that's like a for me personally that's how does it handle adversity and just say sort of for for our term just bite down your gum shoot it'll bite down your mouth guard and fucking get through it you know what I mean bloody eyes mine's Without a doubt, Tim Grover, Relentless, love it. Yeah. Best is that a thick one? Heaps thick one? No, no, no. That's Tony Robbins. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tim Grover, obviously he was Kobe Bryant's trainer forever. MJ's trainer. MJ's trainer as well. Um, but, bro, it's outstanding. Um, I, I feel if you can, you can bring that into, obviously, your football career. Uh, but just everyday life, man. He's just For relentless, sure. like... Um, that cleaner mindset right yeah mm. so you, you've read it i've read today. it i've read it and listened, listened to it, it. Yeah. i will it. say one thing that i love tim grover um quote that i love of his interested people watch obsessed people change the world yeah you've got some quotes you've been very impressive right. like if i try to remember a quote I'd be like how's it go we got, right, when remember the, we've to head <laughs> yeah but to be fair he's very fair you know 150 episodes of, of hosting this show yeah. Yeah. He's a poodle, the people would think there's a there's, Jack there's, Russell there's, there's a big um, quote board there but there's not you're being yeah. very impressive but no he's yeah. mad I'll, um, that's good who me or Tim Grover you're not too bad you go right Oh, um, number one. Uh, number question two. number two question number two is is there a skill that you're in the process of mastering or an attribute that you're developing that sets your life up for success i'll go first no sorry you're, no. you're probably still thinking oh yeah i i sort of got it but you go, well, you go no that's right 
Mine's like um, my my one this year going forward. I'm talking football terms is backing myself a bit more. Yeah. Um. So the self confidence. Yeah, self confidence. Like, go out and achieve it. Like, go out and try things. Like, you got to practice at training and those sort of things. Like, yeah. Like, don't be afraid of going out and achieving something that you want that you know you can do. Um, in a way, or go out and doing something that yeah that you've done. Yeah. Can I, I put you on the spot here and, and get a specific? Yeah. No, just like That's sort of back question. myself a bit more on like the offloads and a bit more of a passing game and yeah and whatnot and being a bit more vocal for what I want. I want to play finals football. I'm being and I feel as if I've been pretty vocal about it that training so far thus year. Um because obviously that's the pinnacle everyone wants to win a comp and when you play rugby league like your dream is to win a comp and that's my, our dream my dream it's not just one of us and it's everyone a part of the whole club wants to win that so that's one thing I'm doing at the moment is trying to take more responsibility for not only my own circle but a broader circle as well for sure in and around training and yeah, going out and trying things but I'm doing it at training I'm doing the work before in a training paddock and and whatnot, and I'm going out the train paddock and doing it as well. And then when once games come around early next year, I'm going to be trying it as well. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's about having that self confidence and doing it, not just being a hit up merchant or running hard and trying to play ball. Like I'm gonna, I want to broad myself and be a bit more of a threat yeah. for the team. You know what I mean? That's well, a big thing. Like a, to add to the theme of quotes, I think what you're speaking about there is the act of confidence comes before the feeling of confidence. Bingo! Another good one. I knew like, you'd like, yeah, like that. I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. Yeah, not bad. Give me some love. No, nice. Zachy? I would say, bro, mine would be patience. Like, I mean, Slot could... Yeah. Um, he could definitely, definitely agree. Like, I'm the most impatient person ever. We all are. We know. The I Christmas know, yeah. tree was up three months ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll remember. Angry. Um, <laughs> bro, I'm so impatient. And I just... I just I'm probably looking at it more in a mindset now where, you know, everything, I feel it's happening for a reason. So in regards to, I, I think to myself, like, like, why not? Like, why is it not happening now? Why am I not doing this now? Why am I not getting this now? Why is this not happening for me now? You know, it's just like, and my old man always says it to me. And I, and I you know, I've had sleepless nights about, things with how how my footy career is going you, you know you, you want it to be there you want it to be here but I'm, I'm thinking you know I'm always thinking like you know I'd love to do this I'd love to do that I want to do this like why can't I do this now and dad's always saying mate just just patience patience it, it'll happen mate mm. just be patient and I, and I talk to Taz about it I talk to mum about it talk to and all my all my close family and like mate, just just be patient. It happens. You know, you're twenty, you're twenty two, you're twenty three. Um, mate, things 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 will happen. They happen how they're meant to happen. And you know, it's just understanding that, and it's just thinking. You know, you, it's easy to look and compare yourself to him or or him or mm. or what, why am I not there? It's like, but you know, I just got to more just be patient, and things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Let things happen naturally, and that's what I find it hard because you know I want things yesterday. For sure. Yeah. Well, I guess the the chapters of life don't always make sense in the moment, but they do eventually, right? <laughs> I could see you looking at me waiting for something. I was waiting profound. for something. I knew something no. was coming to this bloke. <laughs> but but I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound profound here, but what I'm saying is there's definitely times in my life where I've thought, why, am, why is this 
that why is this happening right now and why hasn't this gone to plan? And, and for me, a, a lot of my challenges with patients have come in the last couple of years. You know, even with my health, my health was fantastic for the first 18 years of my life yeah. until it wasn't. And I always knew that my health could be a problem, but it wasn't a problem until I was 18. And then it tested me for five, six years before now I'm on that, you know, I'm, I'm on that way up the, the mountain, but, up, I'm, yeah. but I'm not naive enough to think that there might not be another test, yeah. right? But even with this, this career stuff now as a, as a podcaster, as a speaker, when I started this, I thought, Fuck, this will just happen straight away. Mm. Yeah. And I'm so lucky that I loved it. It's, you know, it's tested me. It sent me broke. I had to sell my place. I'm, I'm pretty close to being broke again. You know, all these tests and challenges come, but the one thing that I, I try to remind myself is, like you said, patience. And what the patience, and as hard as it is, that, that challenge of being patient every day has taught me is that if I'm still here while times are tough, then I must be on the right track because I love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you can continue to show up when you feel impatient, you know you're on the right path, you're doing the right thing. And you're headed in the right direction. And it's hard too because... You know, it's it's easy for people to kick you too. Why why you down here? <laughs> you know, why? I don't need to be doing this. Mm, for you sure, know, this is something that that I enjoy doing. Yeah, you get yeah you get paid and you, and you get recognised for it, but there's a lot of shit that comes with it. Bloody oath, and it's it's also it's it's a short game. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you know, you're not playing rugby league your whole life. You're not retiring at seventy six yeah. in rugby league. You're you're retiring in your thirties. With a you know, boss of body. If, if you're lucky enough to make it exactly. in your 30s as a rugby league player. That's it, mate. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's, you know, still something that I'm learning, but I'm sure a lot of footy players would probably tell you, mate, they're, they're not patient, but mate, that, that's, that's the thing that I need to get better at. Jeez, I'm the most impatient person ever. Yeah. Yeah, seven oh five. Oh fuck, where you been? Yeah, been but, you know, if, if I give you time, be there. Yeah, yeah and if you're grand in time, you have got to be there. Yeah. If, in all honesty, I did say seven thirty. He said, make and, it and seven. I said, I said seven. I'll make try. Seven. You'll try. Yeah. But th- that's just that's the way it is. You don't. You can't you move other stuff around. You yeah, can't move other yeah. stuff around to make that time. What was that? Sorry, you can't move other stuff around to be on time. Yeah, love doesn't wait, brother. Love <laughs> does not wait. Sof, <laughs> cough. <laughs> he did not want to say there, eh? That was a good one. Um, oh, it's my, my third question is, yeah, and, and you've probably both spoken about themes of this, but I guess you can maybe even narrow it a little bit or get a bit more specific. What's one of the greatest challenges you face that's required the most personal growth to overcome? I reckon adversity would be a big challenge that, I've had to overcome, but I've grown at the same time. Yeah, I've come out of situations and and whatnot better than what I was before. I guess. I guess yeah. that's a way. If that's answering your question, yeah. Like Would you say it, adversity? Does that have shades of injury? Does it have shades of you know loss with your mum? Yeah. Shades of you know yeah. career taking different turns and winds. Definitely, and then. And losses in football game like last year, like losses, adversity makes me hungrier for the next season. There's plenty of things that you narrow it down to, like yeah, absolutely anything. Like obviously, yeah, losing my mother at a young age, huge factor. Um, injuries, major factor. Um, yeah, not playing finals for only playing two finals games in a hundred games major factor going forward in terms of rugby league um outside of rugby league 
adversity, I guess, in a way, wanting, wanting what my future wants to look like, and actually trying to get it, like growing to get to that period. Of course. Um, yeah, if that answers your question, but yeah, in, a, in a way, answer. it's a bit of a, bit of a, mumble or, a bit of a couple of different, angles come into it. But I guess that's, one thing that's probably helped me grow. And help is adversity and coming out on the other side better and yeah keeps growing towards in, in, in the right direction like i said before what's next sort of thing well and, and here's the thing right i think adversity is a sign of the fact that you're having a crack at life mm. right like it's easy to go through life not being challenged but you probably won't get far 100%. you won't grow like you said and and i think in your sport if you want to be better you got to face some challenges mm. you know it's the same for anyone in life and i'd encourage anyone who's listening to this it's easy to think that it's easy to think that you don't need to grow because you're living life comfortably you know you might have been in the same job for a little while and it's kind of rock up and it's clockwork for you um or you're in your routine you know push yourself you need to challenge yourself and that's something i'm big on i, I for a long time didn't now i was in a career that you know I, I was challenged by my career when i was in real estate and there were markers and you know uh, markers of success and there were certain performance targets that i needed to hit but physically in my health in the sort of relation to my health and my life outside of work i never challenged myself and that's why for me preparing for my first ever marathon and it doesn't have to be that for someone else it could be preparing around 5ks it could be you know just getting up early in the morning it could be reading a book could be once a month, a month. it could be anything is that 100 percent right? right i think if you I don't know, it might sound a bit harsh or something. If you haven't failed, you haven't tried hard enough in, in all my honesty. Bloody in, in my belief. If you're going through life and you've never failed anything in your life, you've got so much more potential to go out there and mm. reach. Because if you fail at one thing, go out there and you're going to achieve so many more things. Like you run 1K, the next week you run 1,500 metres, run one 200 metres, go on a step. That's just on terms of running. and then. But yeah, I believe if you haven't failed before in your life at anything, you haven't tried hard enough, you've got so much more potential to reach in this world. 100% couldn't agree more Zachy well I mean I mean I mean, I almost probably sound a little bit spoiled here but I haven't I haven't been struck with with too much adversity um, you know God willing it, it um, stays that way in regards to you know with my family obviously I haven't haven't had relatives pass away God willing it stays that way for as long, yeah. long a period of time as, as possible um but mate, in regards to moving down, uh, I mean moving down away from away from my hometown, home being a little country town, you know, four and a half five hours away was obviously a, a big pill to pill to swallow, and obviously it was something to to better my career. And but did that at a, at a pretty young age, and then yeah, you were six uh, fourteen at the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when moved down. That's and, young, man. Um, really young to move. I still remember it clear as day. The day that I. Drove out and, um, a few tears, yeah, mate. Zach, Zach cries at the best of times. <laughs> I cried the whole way, nothing wrong Seriously. with that. Sorry, nothing. I, I, I remember being, mate, I remember being 21 moving to Melbourne, and my family were like my spine, yeah. they were everything. My, my support system, I'd never not had them around. And I was, I was like, and to that, like, I'm the biggest mummy's boy ever. And I mean, so, so I can attest to that. You were on the phone to your mum a lot. I mean, like, I reckon it was until. I'll be 13. I couldn't go and stay. I couldn't go and sleep over my mate's houses and that kind of stuff because I couldn't leave my mum. I was the same. I couldn't leave I was mom. the same. I was like, oh, no, you come over, you come stay, um, stay over at mine, I sleep over at mine. Because I was like, 
Bro, I was too, I was like, I was too scared to leave mum. I couldn't leave us on. Mm. And, but I mean, so that man, I was probably like leaving my family. I mean, mum come down for the first, you know, year and a half, two years. And then I was um, into, into school. Um, but in regards to, to footy, obviously last year, um, you know, copped a fair bit of, fair bit of stick, obviously through the barbecue and, and year, that, before. Um, year before with, with, um, you know, there, there'd just been heaps of stuff in regards to performance and that kind of stuff. And, um, this year in regards to performance, like it's just in regards to that, it's, it's probably, it's probably that. And just, just knowing that, um, I've probably matured a lot more as a man, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, and, and there's been, I've, I've looked at a heap, like obviously Benny Hunt has been playing outstanding, but, but to see what he went through mm-hmm. obviously has, has made him the person that he For is sure. and, and the player that, that he is. And, you know, he's definitely come out the other side of it, but man, I've been, I've been lucky that, that I haven't been able to, I haven't obviously copped that, mm. uh, but I've copped enough to know, you know, it's, it's there and, um, you know, it's definitely made, made me a stronger man for it and um and a better player too so mate in regards to that adversity it's probably been going away from family and um but mate as well as that in turn it's made me the person that i am too because it's forced me to grow up it's forced me to to make um adult decisions there from a from a younger age which um which i definitely wouldn't be the be the man i am today you know what i mean and bloody earth um so it all comes hand in hand you know well said brother well said. The fourth question, boys, is is there a routine that forms a part of, you know, the evening or the morning ritual that sets your day up for success? Apart from brushing your teeth. Nah, I like to go for... I was going to say, don't tell lies on this podcast, mate. You don't brush your teeth, boy. Come on, mate. No, I like to... Training days, I like to go for a coffee. I'll find a coffee shop that's open before early start. What's your go-to? Be honest. You go-to uh, around the Illawarra. I'm a pick at the moment. No, yeah, but like your shop. actual spot. Oh, coffee, coffee shop. shop. There's a couple in Mullingar obviously training. Like, there's one in, out where I live now. Um, been racing in Coldwood. Um, they go. Emily and I go do. Or um, we change up in Mullingar all the time, don't we? We try and change. Utopia is a good one. I mean, Utopia is a good like. Yeah. The owner of Utopia is a good fella. Big Zachy boy. Um, yeah, Lee Mees, your your local favourite. Lee yeah. Mees a good a good one as well. Um, Lily J looks at their they're lovely there as well. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't have one. I said no, I've got to go to this coffee shop every day. Like, you know, in a way, you know what I mean. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a pickle me little me little coffee these days. I like it. If you ever want to buy me one, Brad, never got one out yet. Perfect. <laughs> Same as Mate, that. once rocks up fifteen minutes early to buy the coffees. Hero, hero. <laughs> good or when, what? When when was the last time you actually shouted me coffee? I'm actually interested. In- no. No, Not no, the last time, time before. Seriously, with, without taking the piss, how many coffees do you reckon I've shouted you and you've shouted me in your time? Be genuine, 100%. Percentage-wise, you wouldn't be able to get percentage, the numbers, right? Percentage-wise, I'll say 30%. Ooh. I it's can 30%, you be generous. It's 30% in my favour. 70 years. Yeah. And, but, and let me say this, right, quickly. Just remember where your media career started. I've provided a, fa- a platform for you. <laughs> So it's you know good in service, yeah. Face. Yeah, it's um, it's all relative, brother. Oh my it's all relative. God. It's all relative, and and also you're getting double shots every time. So I'm paying that extra fifty cents. It all adds up, you know. What are the order this morning? What are they have this morning? Yeah, That's double great. shot for white. 
Did he get for what? So the other day yeah. when you got a I'll double shot oak cap. I'll mix it up. You yeah. threw me off. I was you know like, this bloke's turning weird. Tali is rubbing off on you already. Almond milk magic is me at the moment. You never know What's your magic? Magic is a double riz, three-quarter full, flat white. Double ristretto shot, three-quarter full. It's actually tasty. I haven't had so that. So the, the ristretto is... Yeah, the ristretto is like a little sweeter. I don't know. Magic it's the play. first half of the shot. So it's it's smooth. Okay. Smooth, baby. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. But um, in terms of other routine, like I'm on training day, I usually go there, do my prep. You obviously got to do prep before um, the day because you don't do any injuries. For sure. And all that stuff. And post-training, come home. Emily usually comes home pretty late because she's obviously on shift work, um, have dinner ready, um, finish early, go play golf. I like keep busy. I, I, can't, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a full movie or anything like that. Like, Yeah. I think Slop's, I reckon he's, he's underselling himself with, with his routine. And like me and him have like, Pretty much the same routine in regards to morning. So yeah. I mean, we tr- and and him and I try and we try and pride ourselves on having a good routine so that and we keep each other pretty accountable with it so that you know when shit does hit the fan and, and we're not and we're not playing the how we would have liked or uh, we're not going as well as we could as a team. Like we we try and pride ourselves on you know that's where we can get our confidence from in regards to. You know, mm. it's hard to get a little bit of confidence when you're not winning as many games, but, you know, where do you get your confidence from? For sure. So it's like we try and pride ourselves on having that routine where, where we get there, we're there early, we, we're there, we're, we're doing a cardio sesh or, or we're looking after our bodies, we're trying to... You're trying to get something extra because it's like, you know, we try and rely on that. It's it's because it's easy to, to be able to, when you're winning, you know... We're, we're not going to do it now. We don't need to do it. But mm. you know, yeah. we, we try and pride ourselves, and you know, Sop's obviously not not saying there, but mate, but he's he's second to none with his his recovery. He's he's always on top of it. He um mm. he's all he always prides himself on doing that. But we try and keep each other accountable and do that all the time. Like we try and be there as early as we can. We try and get everything sorted. But I feel like that's where I get my confidence from is knowing that whatever I'm doing in the morning and and after, it's like. That that's what's helping me. It's it's interesting you say that, right? Because yeah, I, I know that from being mates with you. Like we'll talk on the phone. Most of the time we talk is before six a.m. Yeah. Mm. You know, we're on the phone. You're on your way to training, or you're on your way to get sorted and start doing a few extras. I think people have this idea or this concept that rugby league players or people like yourselves are motivated. Not the case. It's discipline, right? Yeah. You know, and to quote the man Jocko Willing, "Discipline equals freedom." Bingo. Love that one. So I you know, didn't I did, I did oh, yeah. Instagram buy for a long time yeah. there. Yeah. Not anymore. You got a little tad of that. I but like yeah. that. The um the routine, Toby. I guess, like every the start of the first session of every week, I usually do uh, about twenty minutes of cardio. It's not hard. Five minutes on the bike, five minutes on a rower, five minutes on the four minutes on the um, what bike, and five minutes on the grinder at training. Um, maybe a sauna or something. Because if we have two days off, you need to get your body moving. I need to be sure. right for training. We're there to train not there to ease into training for the week and then be hitting the, the form by Thursday, yeah. Friday. We've got to be full tilt Monday morning, ready to go. And after games, I guess, me pers- me personally, it helps with um, to keep my body moving. So I'm, I, yep. get, I get a real bad delay soreness two days after. Okay. A lot of people, I'm, and this, there's a lot of people who are the same, but a lot of people don't only get soreness the day after. But I'm a really bad, because we play a lot of late, oh, everyone plays late games, but I play, we play, especially a 750 game. Like I get two days delay soreness real bad. Like 
So we're playing on a Saturday, Monday morning, I'm struggling to move, so I go and force myself to get moving. It's not hard. I get a little sweat up or anything like that. It's not like breaking the bank, but... Yeah. Yeah, we've got a sauna training, ice bath, spa, stretching. And if really, if I'm not right, if I don't get my recovery right, I get my my body right, I can't go out there and perform and look after... For sure. And perform and have my teammates back if they, when they need it, you know what I mean? It might be yeah. one little inside shoulder where if I was that half a step quicker or half a step alert, ready to go... Mm. That, I'm that's massive a, a on recovery, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm not even an athlete. Yeah, you know what important. I mean? Like that's I just really enjoy important. the training. So I'm I'm always like I reckon twice a week I'm in the sauna, in the infrared, twice a week I'm in the ice, like yeah. cold shower every morning, stretch as much as I can, recovery boots five nights yeah. a week. I think um routine's a big one too. I remember the other night Emily wanted to go for uh, after dinner for a hand raffle and I was like I was like, Oh it sort of threw me out of routine a bit because I've been like strict on my Strict on my diet, strict on my routine, over, especially in pre-season, which is where all your gains are made, all your strength and everything. This is where you, you build your platform for the upcoming season. This is the most important part. And I said to her, I goes, wasn't that keen to come up with dinner, but I'd done the right thing and we won it. We won a ham, so it was worthwhile. Christmas yeah. ham, so perfect. Oh, gone already, isn't it? Gone already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> cough. She opened it this morning. But yeah, so I was like, I'm a big routine guy and like I think routine's really important. So that's like, my routine, I only do cardio once a week. You know what I mean? It's just 20 minutes. Like sauna, if I'm feeling, if I feel, if I know I need a bit of sauna or I mean a bit of more extra recovery, I'd go on the sauna 15, 20 minutes. Spa, ice bath. We've got a little bit of training and I think we've got, I've got the recovery boots at home and all that stuff. Um, I think they're really important, but routine's major, like very good. And For sure. Emily was a bit upset. I didn't go watch Play Oz Tag last night because it threw me out of the routine a bit okay. the night before. She was a bit upset, but... I had an ice machine. machine sure. I've got a little bit of a bumblebee machine at the moment. It's a bit, it's a bit, a bit of a wear. But I reckon that's where, like, personally, that's where I get all my confidence from. Yeah. It's where I get all my confidence from. And the, and the way that I look at it is, well, if I'm doing the same as, you know, everyone else, then how am I, how am I getting any better? Mm. You know for what sure. I mean? Like, I look at, you know, if we just train from 9 to 10.30 and then we've got gym from 11 to 12, like, well, if I'm doing the same, then I'm, I'm just going to be the same. You know what I mean? How's my game improving? So it's like, well, what can you do here? What can you do there? And your, your recovery is obviously massive. Um, but I mean, especially when you're coming into, into season two, your body's more banged up. But it's like, you know, where can you pick up things? If, if I'm starting at, starting at 5.30 or starting at 6, and we're not, we're not, needing to be there until you know eight thirty nine o'clock or or if, if you know if i can't do it there it's like well I'll come home you know maybe yeah. do a little bit of a boxing session or, or, or something it's it's you try and you try and do things here and there and i feel that's where had to get it in eh? that's yeah. where <laughs> i feel that that's that's where you can get your confidence though yeah and that's where i do personally because it's easy to get confidence when you're winning games of footy for sure honestly yeah. i learned i learned that off um off James Graham I don't know whether you were the same but I learned yeah. that of, of a younger age son he used to always do his extras minus three so we played a minus three session so it was three days before a game he used to always go a little five ten minute blow and it works for him like he would body might have been like he might have done any training that day but he would go out and do his little five ten minute blow on the field like his little Malcolms or he used to play his little go on grocery store game and all that stuff so um, I learned that from him and little things you like learn from obviously other fellas coming through um, as well, but yeah, that's what that's. I found something that that helps me. Um, everyone's going to be different. Zach does something. Zach does his goal kicking before anyone gets there. Yeah, where he doesn't have any distraction, he's, he narrows his focus. 
where I might go and do my 20 minute cardio, gets my body moving, gets my little heart rate up. And like I said, it gets you, because you've got to find ways to get confidence. Yeah. Because our game is so cutthroat. You could be off 5%, not even 5%, you could be off 2%, 1%, and you could lose a game. And that could be the season. You know what I mean? If we had won two or three extra games, we're in the finals well, and we had a How much of the season is made up of those little, you know, one try losses, one point loss, two point loss? You know, the, the game's closer than ever, right? So, um, yeah, it's definitely important. I love what you're saying. My last question is an opportunity for you both to get maybe a little bit more vulnerable, to get a little bit inspiring, maybe to, to create a quote that I then in future quote on the podcast. It's if you could share one message with the world and encourage them to act on it, what would that message be? Wow. Some deep thinking here. One message to the world. Courage is key. So Courage is key. I like that. Courage, Courage is, key. is key. And I would say, you know, it's it's easy to just go with the flow and do what everyone else thinks that, that you mm. need to be. It's like, but, you know, it's, a, it's the same as yourself, bro. Like, you know, it'd be easy for you to just keep doing and, and keep earning your income where you were as a real estate agent but this is what you loved on hmm. yeah you're not making the cash that you wanted to make and want to want to be making but not yet think exactly but you know what you know where it's going <laughs> you know and and you're confident and you've got enough courage to go you know fuck it i'm doing what i want to do and i'm confident that that this is going to happen you know that's that's where i feel having courage and, and that's the thing that I feel I've got is you know what what I want to do I'm I'm more than willing that I'm going to have a crack at it mm. and um, you know obviously rugby, rugby league is my focus but I'd love to have a crack at heaps of different things and of course who's to say that you can't do it you know mm. what I mean but you've got enough courage to have a crack at it and fuck at the end of the day being patient things will happen the way they're supposed to happen for sure. Oh, I just want to I want to double down on that for a second. A, a guy that I had on the podcast, Rich Davini, former Navy SEAL, is the founder of a company called The Attributes and wrote a book called The Attributes. And he spoke to me and I asked him a question. I said, Rich, if whether there is or not um, a, a hierarchy of attributes, I said, firstly, define for me what an attribute is. And he said, well, it's something that can be developed. And I said, and if you were going to focus on developing one or two attributes in particular and, and put the most focus on them for you personally, what would that be? And he said, the grid attributes, which are resilience and courage. Mm. And he said, you know, the thing about courage is you feel as though in life, you, you can be fooled to think that you have control over certain situations and things. He said, you don't have control over anything in life. You, you've got things that you can control, which are your actions, but you can't control what happens to you or the outcomes of your life. He said, but what you can do is develop the courage that when life feels out of control, you keep showing up, you keep turning up. And I think people have this idea or this concept that courage is something you just get or courage is something you're born with. It's not it's something you develop and, mm. and it's developed through your actions. And like you said, courage is key. And um, if you can develop that courage and continue to show up for yourself, even when things feel fearful or when times feel tough, um, life moves in the right direction. So... I love that message. Yeah, I do as well. It's actually a really good one because I, I was thinking, and I was like, you got think, uh, talking a bit more. I was like, I was thinking, I was thinking deeper, thinking deeper. My, 
my message or my thing was that like don't be afraid of trying like it, it comes to that it comes down to that sort of courage as well at the same time like that's one thing I'm thinking and I go around and go around and it comes back to don't be afraid of trying like sort of thing and that comes back to me like I'm not going to be afraid next year of trying different things but I've I've got to do the work at the same time I can't just go out there and throw it out of my ass you know what I mean expect my teammate to Bloody get there hell. I've got to tell my teammates like I'm I'm looking to do a bit more footy stuff post line pre line sort of thing and I've got mm. to tell them I've got, I've got to build relationships with my playing with my teammates the people I'm going to play with and all that stuff and same with anything really don't be afraid of if you want to do something don't be afraid of trying I mean don't be afraid of failure it's the same thing we were saying before we've gone over it a number of times us three have all experienced failure fail, fail, oh, fucking hell. failure in our lives and I'm not afraid of failure again like, I'm not afraid of going there and oh, I can't do it for mm. one game you know what I mean I'm not afraid of going out and training tomorrow and failing at something like it's it's a part of life in, especially now in our world um, or in our lives but I think the big thing is that like is with it is you can say that you don't care what they're going to say but fuck you do that, a little that, bit that's the reality of it is yeah. you know do you have enough courage because it's well fuck, what's he going to say what's he going to think what's she going to think and that's the reality of it. And you know, you can you can sit here and say, you know, well, I don't care, I do care, I don't care what they say. But the we all do. Of it is, we all we, do. We all do. Deep and, do. and the thing is, and not even deep down. It's not even on the surface. It's like a little bit. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'll brush over. Learning how to deal with it. Learning how to, you know, come back to it. And it's it's a hard thing to get over and to, and to know that you know well you've got to have enough courage to be able to do what you want to do and that's where you know you can look at um people and that's why like um sonny bill does you know he plays here and then he's gone over and and you know what the decisions he's made rub people the wrong way he goes over and plays rugby union and mm. but then comes back and then comes back to play um rugby league you know rubs people the wrong way over on the union scene, but then now he goes to boxing, you know, but he's had enough courage to do, well, you know, this is what I want to do. For and, sure. And that's that's something that you look at and go, fuck. Fuck, it's, it's mad to see the courage that people do have, like that he does have. Do you think courage comes then from not only action, but self-awareness? Mm. Like being able to ask yourself, what do I want? Yeah. And, you know, like, like what do I want from my life? It, at the end of this thing that we call life like what do i want to be remembered for i've got a quote tattooed 100%. on my on my leg and it says what we do in life echoes in eternity gladiator quote and i've always believed that that like you get one crack at this it's not a dress rehearsal and you have to rock up every day and and do what means something to you mm. like all we have in life are today's and hopefully tomorrow's right and it's like today you get to wake up if you've got air in your lungs and a heartbeat you've got an opportunity to do something that means something to you that has impact on the world that is of service to others and and hopefully for that you have success and you're remembered in a positive light um but at the end of the day as long as it means something to you as long as it feels purpose driven it's all that matters i always think about it i always think you know am i just gonna play footy you know what i mean am i just gonna play nrl mm. like i always think about it. i'm like is it just is that just what i'm gonna do like i don't know I think about it all the time. But I mean... You do you do think about what your life wants to look like in 15, yeah. 20 years time as well though at the same time. Like, and I'm like, 
I guess I said before that my self-confidence stuff, but that's what I believe my future life's going to look like. Like everyone, I look into the future a little bit of what my ideal life can look like post-football career, even in my next football, my next year and all that stuff, I think. And I'm striving for that. So that's like my my, my big goal, end goal sort of thing. And you always, like Zach just said, like I'm always just going to play footy. Well, it's up to you. Like, what what else do you want to do? Like, it's it's ever up to everyone. Like, what else am I just going to go to sure. go to work every day, or am I going to go do something else? Am I going to be an entrepreneur or or whatnot? Like, everyone's got different wants and and needs, I guess. In a way. Well, I think it's very easy to forget if you've not been tested before, like we said, or you've not experienced loss, or you've not experienced adversity, that you almost think that life comes around twice. And it's, it's the cliche, right, that life is not a dress rehearsal. One of my favorite quotes is the Confucius quote that every man lives two lives. The second begins when he realizes he has just one. And I know, I know you boys would like this. And, but for me, that's why I see my health challenges as my biggest blessing. Well, not my biggest blessing. My family is my first, but my second biggest blessing and my greatest teacher. Because it's taught me that nothing in life is promised, that um, life is, is a one-time thing that you have to give it everything you've got. And if you leave anything in the tank, it goes to waste. So rock up, have a dig, have courage, live without the fear of failure and keep showing up, right? Bingo. I like it. And um, I guess, so I wanted to let the listeners know, um, a little bit more lighthearted. Sitch up here. No, 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 no. Um, after a game, what, or it could be, you know, a couple of days or, or even if you wanted to take the missus on a date somewhere, where's your go-to feed or what are you going to have? I know you like, your, I know you like your tucker. What would you say it is? Like what would you say it is? Let's see how well you know me. What would you say it is? The one thing I would have to have obviously after like, a game. Yeah. And I'll give you a hint, it's after no, no, a no, game no. at night. Yeah, I know. I know. What is it? How Are you confident that I'm going to get it? No. Vanilla milkshake. For oh, a thick shake. What's up, baby? Not just from Maccas. <laughs> if, if it, not just from Maccas, but like at home. That's just one thing. Vanilla thick shake. Vanilla, vanilla thick shake, yeah. Or yeah, malt, nice. vanilla malt thick shake. Or like say for, yeah. I'll have it the next day or something like that. Yeah, that's nice. one thing. Like I've been, I've actually been really good on my diet the last month. Like really, really like knuckling down. Or dinner. What would you say? Dinner. No, dinner. Not, well, are you, it makes me sick after a game. I'm, I'm, I can't really eat after well, a even, game. Even doesn't need to be after a the game. The next day, like yeah. a good bacon egg roll and a vanilla, vanilla malt thick shake goes down really okay. well so he has a, he has a uh, milkshake after the game and then, not after the game no nah. sometimes and, and then break you the next morning we go milkshake yeah, no, yeah. No. Not <laughs> yeah I was going to say that answers a few questions doesn't it yeah yours is chocolate eh? you love a bit of chocolate oh, I love chocolate dairy milk chocolate you love that oh. dairy milk chocolate dairy milk what, just plain dairy milk yeah, yeah he loves it I tell you what no like the, the caramel one yeah uh, caramel oh, one any chocolate I'll say I love chocolate Safe and I have been eating probably a bit too much chocolate at home I would normally try to keep away from it because the rig doesn't like it. <laughs> it doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. Guilty, but, but I will say I've been eating a little bit. You know what I've been eating a lot of lately? The mango macadamia weiss bars. Yeah, they're gross. Gross. Oh, yeah. Bro, gross. Actual real macadamia pieces in there. Interesting. Very nice. Very nice. Interesting. Well, well, boys, we've nearly been chatting for two hours here. Actually, well, you're done already. Whilst it's, <laughs> this bloke here's been watching too much Rogan. Nah. <laughs> He's got his fucking yeah. Ringer's Western hat Ringers on. Western. Thinks we're here for a three-hour Rogan podcast. That's a right, pal. Um, but boys, all good things do come to an end, and we've come to the conclusion of the podcast. 
I want to say, whilst there's been plenty of banter here, um, on a serious note, I admire both of your, your work ethics, your ability to turn up and, and cop the adversity and to keep moving forward. I'm very excited for the year that is ahead. Whilst I am, I'm not a Dragons fan, I'm a Roosters man. Zachy knows this. Um, a Roosters man through and through. I will say that I, I do have a soft spot for a team I once did not like too much at all and it's because of this man and now because of yourself too block um it's a privilege to have both of you back on the show um a lot to talk about has had a bunch of great guests in its time and and i'm really privileged that every time i get to sit down with someone who you know i, I do scan the guests of the show i make sure that i believe in who they are and the messages that they share and and live their life through and and i love that both of you guys are a part of the show's fabric now so thanks so much for coming on thank you very much for having us brad Pleasure. I will say, bro, this is, I, I don't think I've, um, with Slop and I, bro, this is probably the, like, probably more the deeper, more serious conversations that we've had. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Slop and I don't really um, dive too deep into it. Not really, um, like, especially like on the personal level, like, I don't really express how I am. Like, even Emily only's really sat down while we're over in America having a dinner together, having a couple of glasses of red, like, really started asking some questions about my childhood like a little bit mm. and it, it, I, I broke down to a little bit there because I just don't like I don't express myself in that sort of thing about like the story I did share and Zach doesn't I know I, one thing with Zach I know how loyal he is especially to his family like he'll give it, and generous he is especially to his family and mates at the mm. time even though I do give him shit he never really shouts a coffee he does he does he's, he's very generous with his with his money, but he's on plenty. Like it does help when you're on millions. Yeah, not bad. Eh? It, it does, doesn't nice. it? Like, must it must be nice. Be nice. A little but, bit yeah. out of touch with the common man, but you know. Yeah. And even like Hamish and Andy, and that's what like, and that's probably one of the reasons why, I, like I said before, I did want to sit down and have a for sure have a coffee with you to get to know you a little bit better. But obviously, yeah, Zach and I, we don't really express ourselves as much. Like it's it's, it's the men's stigma. And it's got to stop, I guess. For in sure. A way. But yeah, it is a probably one of the first times we've sat down and. And got a little bit deeper underneath the covers a little bit. Well, I'm... You heard it here first. He's the, um, he's the Dragons hard man. He's one of the hardest in the NRL, let me tell you. One of my best mates, but you heard it here first. He'll be um, Dalian front row of the year. Oh, well, that's a big call. I'm calling it out. I like it. Put your money on it. And he's going to re- he'll re-sign. Envy the banks. The Red V will stay by my side for another three years, four years. I'm going to call it soon. I love it. Put your money on it. Put the house on it. More money with it. Blocker, front row of the year, Dally M. Thanks so much, boys. And, and just on what you said there, Block, I think vulnerability creates a bridge for so many people to cross. And I know there'll be a bunch of people listening to watching this podcast here today who feel like they can go have those sort of conversations with their mates or, or someone close to them or someone who who feels safe after listening to this today. So it's been an absolute pleasure, boys. Um, for everyone listening to the show, you can find these boys' socials in the show notes. Um, get around the Red V this year. Um, really excited for the the season to come and can't wait to rock up and watch you boys do your thing so awesome thanks brother take care